morning, people. It is Wednesday, the 13th of September. Welcome to TDA, the day after your favorite news platform and the home of popular culture as defined by the culture. And let's get to know our host for today. It's your boy, 6 or Plus of Pure Temptation. Big Mars from the east side of the bridge. Good morning, people. It is your favorite shade queen, my own royalty. Big man, use. Good morning. Oh. Close. It's kind of close still. Yeah, that's nice. Do, 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 do. And they call me E-Man. Okay. <laughs> Is it okay? <laughs> no, because he showed that I'm an MTC. They call me E-Man, the pro-black activist, TDA producer and news analyst, Melanin Jam Packed. That's right. How's everyone this lovely... Wednesday, I was going to say Saturday, Wednesday morning. Yeah, we're good, man. Yeah? Yeah, we are right over here. It's good, love that for everybody. Bren, are you good? Yeah. How are you, Esther? You sound like you weren't sure about that. Yeah. Because I'm switching on a couple of things. Oh, okay. I like to distract him sometimes. Ever since my homies died, (laughs) I said, fuck this, I'm (laughs) around. How have you not heard that song? You know what? If I didn't hear it, I forgot about it. Slept on it. Because it sounded like a new song to me. And I, was, I, t- I said to my boy, I said, this song is hard, bruv. So I went back home. I tried to find it on um, DSPs. Well, on yeah, there. It's not on DSPs. So I had to find it on YouTube. What are you saying? Yeah. No, it's Jay-Z? Oh, man, man. move this hand. No way. <laughs> 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 nah, nah, definitely not. No, Jay-Z. I got the spot, you nah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, nah. I said, what? Shut up, man. <laughs> that was a big choice. I've been, I've been missing it still. So. Thank you, man. Proper yeah. way. That, if that came out today, that could that no, could that's like today. That's like, I can hear I can hear S one on that though. It sounds it sounds like, like a gigs beat. Yeah, it was that old school. Yeah, yeah. That that Peckham yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah. No, that was dope. Shouts to Cash for coming out, man. Yeah, and I had good. more man that was supposed to be there as well. You know, how was it? It's been strange. Okay. Joe Black was supposed to be there. Okay. Didn't answer the phone on the day. Oh man. And then Spades was at the side of the of the stage. Okay. With a mic in his hand and everything. And then when it was time to think, I'm saying, where's Spades? They're saying, oh, he's gone. He said he's gone. He had to go. He's got another book and he had to go yes. somewhere else or something like that. I'm oh, saying, swear man. to God. Okay. This is... Well, he couldn't wait. He was, he was there. <laughs> I saw him. I looked at him. He had a leather jacket on, a mic, everything. Big Spades. And he, I said, mm. I said, all right, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess you... Did you guys run over time-wise though, didn't it? We got off... The stage when we were supposed to, but that section was definitely we definitely ran over and were supposed mm. to do different things and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. Okay. Got 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 caught up. Mm. I don't know, man. When you're on there, the time just flies sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know why? Because your first segment was long. Was it? it was yeah. An hour and a half straight. Yeah, that was the plan. I think. Oh, that was the plan. Yeah, I wanted to do. I wanted to go till nine thirty, and then take a half an hour yeah. break and then come on from ten to the end and oh, just, okay. just, just bit it. No break, no. I like that though, you know, because sometimes when I go to podcasts, when you if you listen to a podcast and you go to the live show, essentially I want to get a feel of the podcast, but I'm watching you guys record. Mm. Obviously, when you record, you're in the studio with whoever your your co-hosts and whatnot, and people just get to listen to you guys in the studio. So I feel like with podcast shows, the ones I've enjoyed the most are when they actually give you like a kind of like a live mini episode type of vibe. Yeah. Because you get to you're, it's like when you go to see a comedian. I watch your Netflix usually, but now I'm seeing you in real life perform. So, mm-hmm. that's yeah. and usually we open up with the music and that you get me. Okay. But sometimes the music always like it always overruns. 
Mm. And then it always gets unruly. And like, As in the sound clash? Yeah, like, and then everybody's energy, everybody that matches our energy, so the energy in the building picks up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And everybody's excited and doing whatever they're doing on some yeah. no behavior shit. And then when I'm trying to tell people, all right, cool, shut they're up, not let's talk. Mm. They're not, they're not hey, coming. They're, the behavior. Yeah, they're not coming. Yeah, that's what they're on. That's what they use as their excuse for everything. And they would have to be quiet. It's no behavior, man. No. Okay. You paid your money <laughs> to be here, you know. Like, he's not stupid. Let us do what we're doing. Yeah, so this time around, I said, no, nah, let's, let's swap it. I think that was a good way. Let's pod. And then afterwards, we come out and just have fun, you get me? I think that was a good, um, a good way to do it, to be fair. Yeah, I think when Venus thought he was killing with certain songs, <laughs> that old babes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Even that didn't go how it was supposed to, because it wasn't supposed to be like that. Like, we didn't actually pick songs. I think the only person who picked songs was Loons. Yeah, Loons was taking it seriously. Loons was in the DJ's ear. Yeah. Loons like, was taking that seriously. Yeah, we weren't, supposed to, we weren't supposed to pick songs. We were supposed to just let them do what they're doing, but he was like, no, fuck that. I'm going to pick songs. And he's going to pick songs. That's why he won. Yeah, he did that. No, Loons <laughs> definitely did that. Uh, did a great job. But yeah, it was good vibes there. Don't worry, man. We'll go again soon. We'll go again soon. All right. What is you guys' favourite Tyrese song? <laughs> right. This is what we've done. Just, this was, is what Bard said. That was definitely not Bard. Bard must that have overheard the conversation. <laughs> Bard and Brent are the same people. Spider-Man mean. Same. Same people. Signs of love making. Banger. It's a banger, you know. I'm look at what songs this man has. I'm just going to the essentials list to make sure not like I forgot. Ruby, the sweet, sweet lady. Sweet lady. I love sweet lady. Sweet oh, lady. I love how you're going to act like that. Yeah, I'm about to say that. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's, yeah, that that's, would be my favourite. the same album as uh, Science of Love Making. Yeah. yeah. That would be mine. He was singing his heart out. You know the boys that's don't sing like that anymore? That's a good, good song as well, you know? That's yeah, a tune. Yeah. Mm. But it seems like yesterday we were just, oh yeah. no, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's a tune. I think I'll, I'll go with that as well, to be fair. I yeah. like that. No, the sounds love making for me, man. That intro, you don't even hear no, you don't even need to hear no. The beat don't even drop it, <laughs> and you know, like, yeah, this what is a, this, this is a slammer. Brent, what's yours? Um, sweet lady, sweet lady. That's a sweet. I miss how the boys we used to sing, man. Now they're just calling us bitches and wanting us to twerk. <laughs> <laughs> Chivalry's dead, man. But people, but some some people be answering the call, so. <laughs> What can you do? You know what I mean? Got to give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. It's fair. Yeah, man. All right. Well, let's, we've got a packed show for you guys today. Please, please, please like the video. Drop this live link on your timelines. Do all that great stuff. But definitely like the video. Thank you very much. And let's get into our first headlines. All right, people. So our first headline takes us to Russia, man where the president, Putin, and fellow dictator Kim Jong-un today, well, yesterday, met at a Russian cosmodrome in a highly anticipated meeting that could see the two allies agree on an arms deal to support Moscow's assault on Ukraine. Putin appeared to be empowered by the visit, with the Russian dictator offering a rare smile to Kim, one of the few leaders who was struck by the despot since his full-scale invasion of Ukraine began 19 months ago. Putin shook hands enthusiastically with Kim as soon as he stepped out of the black limousine and said that he was very glad to see him. Giving up no time to show Kim his prized possessions, Putin showed off his rockets to Kim at the Vostochny Cosmodrome, which is Russia's, Russia's modern space rocket launch site, which is nestled with, among the forests of eastern Russia. The two dictators put on an animated display, one that will also heighten fears further that Kim will supply Putin with his much-needed artillery shells and anti-tank missiles to help with his grueling offensive of Ukraine. 
Next headline brings us to the UK, where Rishi Sunak is on the verge of securing an agreement for cooperation between the UK and EU's border protection agency, Frontex, in a further sign of thawing post-Brexit relations. The, the deal is expected to mirror other agreements Frontex has, has with third world states, including the one with Albania, which agreed to renew its 2019 accord. It would lead to the sharing of intelligence of migration trends, which would not address the small boats crisis involving people crossing the channel by irregular means. It's also said that the pact will be discussed next week by the Frontex Management Board, which meets about six times a year, and the deal could be signed as early as this month. A spokesperson for Sunak said Negoti negotiations were taking place and the text of a deal had not been agreed. A spokesperson also said that obviously we hope to achieve a deal that works for us and our European neighbours. A Frontex agreement, albeit limited in scope, would be the third move by Sunak as Prime Minister to repair day-to-day -day practical relations between the EU and the UK. And our last headline um, is basically about yesterday's topic of the day and, and the unfortunate incident that happened with our sister in that um, Asian shop in Peckham. And basically, police are investigating an incident at a hair product shop in South London, for those who don't know, where a video posted online apparently showed, not apparently, it showed clearly a black female customer being grabbed by the throat by a man attempted to restrain her. The Met Police said that, said that they were investigating the incident after being called out to the shop in Peckham on Monday and appealed for calm after protesters gathered outside the store on Tuesday. The Detective Chief Superintendent, Seb Ajayado, um, who's a local policing commander for Southwark, he said that we know people will be concerned about the video circulating online of an incident in a shop. Our officers attended on Monday and continue to investigate the full circumstances of what has taken place. The inve investigation will include re reviewing the actions of everyone involved. The man in the video has not been arrested at the time of um, writing this, um, though police stressed the investigation was ongoing. Protesters outside the shop on Tuesday demanded its closure. Police said that we are aware of a protest outside the shop and officers are in touch with the organizers. We appeal for people to remain calm while we carry out a full investigation. And that's pretty much it for our headlines. Thank you. Let's get into what you're saying topic of the day. All right, people. So today's topic of the day um, is basically going to be like a, a continuation of yesterday's topic of the day. Um, okay. Since we know, you know, that black people came together, arrived at Peckham 2 p.m. and did what they had to do. But I know that a lot of the time we have come out and marched, we have come out and protested, we have come out with the placards, we have spoken about so many different issues, right, that affect us on a day-to-day. -day. But I want today's topic of the day to be a bit more of a um, solution-based one, right? Also, to discuss what happened yesterday as well, because a lot of people obviously couldn't make it. You know, I'm saying people had prayer engagements, work, and, and things of that nature. So I did want us to show a few clips, or a couple clips, um, just, just so people can see what happened um, yesterday. Um, and then pretty much get into, I guess, what we deem are the necessary steps going further. You know what I'm saying? So, Brent, if you don't mind, can you play one of the clips, please? Either one. You know how we're usually told, oh, angry black woman, angry black woman. Today, I don't know if you ever felt that you needed the permission to be angry, but I'm asking you today, are you angry? Yes! Yeah. I can't hear you. Are you angry? Yes! Yeah. Yeah, so we have every right to be angry because we're always told that beauty is pain. You know, oh, you know, pretty hurts. Yeah. When we look at the system, 
of what black women have been through through the centuries in order to navigate a white supremacist society, we have died at the hands of beauty. And so when we saw that black when we saw that black woman yesterday with this store owner's hands across her throat, that is a reminder to us of the ways in which they symbolically as well as literally hold their hands to our throats. They do not want us to breathe, whether it's a black man, whether it's a black woman, they don't want us to breathe because when we can breathe, we can imagine, and when we can imagine, we can imagine a system different to this one, where we're giving our money constantly to people who hate us, that's right? right. That's right. Even if we think about the products, we keep saying, oh yeah, you know, we should go to black owned stores, and of course we should, but even the actual products, they're giving us fibroids, they're giving us cancer, right? So we have to restructure the whole industry as a whole. Imagine an industry that's taking billions from us every single year, and is system trying to kill us at the same time right so i'm asking you again everybody not just the black women are you angry yeah. are you angry yeah. after today we remain angry we don't run from the anger we use the anger constructively to create a system that will serve us better but this shop this shop can't see us again Some of the scenes that I recorded from Kalechi's live yesterday, yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think, think of that basically? What they're saying, sentiment, the numbers, what it kind of looks like. I find the support is great, you know. And actually, because I've always known who the hair shop that the black hair well, we say black hair shops are owned by and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But because of this, I'm actually gonna be a lot more intentional about where it is I get my products and stuff like that anyway. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it is creating that awareness that we've always that we needed. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that people will be more intentional. I reckon they would be. Okay. I feel like there is, it feels like there is a shift in terms of people being more intentional now. Because I, mm. I think even like with, there will be some kind of 
shame or mm. some kind of embarrassment to know mm. that you're patronizing these people when there are black hair shops <coughs> that exist, black owned, yeah. say, black owned hair shops and stuff that exist. And people are obviously putting information out there about the closest places mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff in, in their different areas. So I think it's a positive thing. I'm here for it. Let's have it right though. You are going to be in the in, in, in man shop next week. You, I just, what did I just say? <laughs> let me, let my sentences sink in for a minute. I already told you that I'm, 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 my stuff's already black owned. I get it from Nigeria. So. Oh yeah, so you're good. You're the exception. To the but to be world. fair though, there are like bits here and there that I would need that I would quickly yeah. go to a, because it's, it's convenient. Do you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. But now, everyone's gonna be like, oh, my Asian man's safe, man. He's cool. He didn't. He wasn't. It wasn't him. You get me? If you're not even from Peckham, imagine from West. What are you talking about? Mm. What everybody? Like, yeah. Nah, that's the sad man. My Asian man. He's gone. Yeah. He never did me no wrong. He gave me discount one time. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go get my bundles. To be fair, there is there is a black owned. That was in Peckham, right? On the Wharf Road, which isn't too far. There is a black owned um, shop called TG Hand Cosmetics. In Peckham uh, as well? Wolf no, Road. no. Wharf Road. Oh, okay. Isn't that far from Peckham? So if you usually go to that one, mm. go to the Wharf Road one. It's, it's, it's you know I mean? close. TG, what was it? TG Hair and Cosmetics. I always consider Wharf Road like Peckham anyway. It's no. Not. The, the, the Peckham boys took over. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Back day, I made it their territory, but it's, mm. it's not Peckham. It's not Peckham. It's not Peckham okay. at all. Okay, okay. Mm, I think something we have to be just a bit more intentional about. Because mm. someone did say that if, you, if it's a thing where. Because obviously my situation, my issue is that I'm very spontaneous about mm. things I choose to do with my hair. Mm -hmm. Like I could be sleeping and wake up and be like, oh, yeah. I want twist today. Mm -hmm. Call my auntie after that. Okay, you can come at this time. Yeah. So now I have to go to the quickest place I can get mm -hmm. the hair from. Mm -hmm. But someone was saying about like kind of bulk buying if you have to do that. Do you know what I mean? Bulk buying and just doing it that way mm -hmm. so that you don't, you're not in a position where you have to, out of emergency, yeah. go there. And I'll be honest with you as well, because obviously Boots and Superdrug, They've clocked that black women, I mean, they knew our beauty and whatnot. Didn't mm -hmm. think we needed a foundation until Rihanna thought so. <laughs> Conversation for another day. But they now stock like black hair products as well. Okay. In a weird way, respectfully, I feel like I'd rather go there. Okay. Than to the Asian yeah. shop where someone was strangled. Because yeah, I'm already in boots anyway for my skincare stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I mean? So, yeah. Mm. But yeah, but obviously black owned first. Okay, okay. Before we progress, yeah, I do want us to introduce... Um, our guest today. Morning. Uh, yes. Good morning. How are you guys? Oh, the mic. The mic. Yeah. Is this me? Morning. Do you know what? I was just watching that clip mm -hmm. of the woman. He yeah. legit strangled her, bro. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I can't. I like. It's actually disgusting. It's crazy. It's um. Yeah. I just. Do you know what it is? This comes up every few years, mm -hmm. and I just think. Sometimes I just think, how long do you black people have to suffer for? Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, like, mm -hmm. how long do we have to have these debates? How long do we... And also, actually, it's not... Sometimes we think it's about our one shop or, like, we go to the black hair shop. But actually, it's about structural things that have been put in place. That means we can't actually run our black hair shop without making it more expensive because, actually, where we're able mm -hmm. to source the products... Is not there's a, almost like a cartel. There's a monopoly yeah. yep. on where yep. the products come from. It's like when people like are like, why African countries so messed up? Mm -hmm. They're messed up because 
the West have put in a structure from yeah. the beginning of these countries. Mm-hmm. And these countries are even made up like by white people. Yep. Yeah, so like Nigeria is made up, Ghana is made up. Yeah. These are not countries. These yep. were just made up. Like these, these were empires. Yeah. And also, I'm not even trying to do like Black History Month, like, or you know, we were mm. kings and queens. No, like literally, Nigeria is only like a hundred and something years old. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, there was not no there such thing as Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Like Ghana, the same, and so on and so forth. And so, in a way, it's like, actually, how do we not not affect change at um at a sort of a local level, like or like a oh my hair shop level. How do we affect change at the sort of structural level? Mm-hmm. Because it's a structural, because like the entry into the market of setting up one of those shops is not easy. I've seen like lots of black hair shops and like common fell, like people saying, oh, do you know what? I'm not going to go there. Times are hard. Like it's, it's cheaper for me to go to the Indian shop. Yeah. But why is the Indian man able to source it for cheaper? Mm-hmm. Then, uh, and so there's, there's like actually deeper debates to be had. But I, I think genuinely like watching that clip, I saw another clip where the man was trying to explain it away. And then yeah. at the end of the clip, they said the woman got arrested. Yeah, yeah, she yeah did. he didn't get arrested. They, you know, they asked him if he wanted to press charges. Yeah, and he imagine? said out the kindness of his heart. No, he but well, looking at that, for me, mad. how could you as the police? Because remember like one time my, my next door neighbor was being mad racist to me. Yeah. I called the police. Oh, police have gone to me. Um, what did they say that was mad? They said, um, he's your neighbor. What do you want us to do? Sorry? I, I said, Sorry, what? Again. I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, like, yeah, but he's your next door neighbor. Like, you know, like, don't you want to get, I said, but uh, did you, did you, did I just explain to you what he said to me? So they said, you need to think of the bigger, because yeah. you're going to believe me for a while. Are you sure you don't want to be in bad terms? Mm. When I've just told you what someone When I've told you, I'm not happy. But anyway, so I just think like, you know, there are structural things that, that we need to think about. And there are powerful black people that can engage with those ideas that need to start engaging with mm actually how we can make real structural change. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of like, because I 100% agree, right, in terms of the structural change and, and how we need to basically attack it from that angle. But in terms of like, when you look at the figures, right, and they say that basically black women um, basically are responsible for 80% of hair products in terms mm. of buying, right, mm. which is like about 5 billion, just in the UK, mm. 5 billion pounds, right? Surely... If everyone kind of does their part little by little to kind of say, you know, what, I'm not going to patronize these type of people, that can also attack that particular structure you're talking about as well. No, right? absolutely. I think it's two pronged. It's mm. always two pronged. Like, you know, uh, like I've got a film. I did a premiere for the people yesterday. Mm. Tomorrow, we're going to the Houses of Parliament. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> do, you, exactly. do you get what I'm saying? This is how we do it. Like, do you, yeah. and all that, oh, I don't vote. I don't believe. No, if you want to affect change, it happens at the grassroots. And it happens like right at the in the houses of power. Yeah. So like we need we need to always take a two pronged approach. But like I said, mm-hmm. there are ba- powerful black people that could have those structural mm-hmm. conversations. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. be surprised. And like we always say, oh, there aren't like enough black people. Mm-hmm. This, da, da, da. no. Like I've been in rooms like where I'm like, raw, you lot exist, and you lot mm-hmm. got paper like this, mm-hmm. or you lot got power like this, and you look like me. Yeah. And like, how come yeah. my people don't feel your power? Like, mm. Do you get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, so like, yeah. there are black people that can have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you can do as a black woman or someone's partner that buys them product is like ensure mm-hmm. that we don't 
like you say, spent yeah. all our money outside of our community. Yeah. And even if it means we have to pay a little bit more, I yeah. think we should, because in order to build ourselves up, otherwise, yeah. we're going to be having these conversations. Yeah. How many times have like, black women be like, oh, I don't go to that shop, they're racist, but they're still going? <laughs> do you know? Yeah, do you know, I agree with you. I think I do think that our... Um, I think, personally, yeah, that the people that can make the bigger change if we're going to do this for our community are the people in that got a lot of power to make that change. Because you touched on something that is real for a lot of people, which is that when it's like a black-owned hair shop, for example, mm -hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be more expensive. Yeah. Especially in this cause he lives, where people have to like budget what they're gonna do, blah, blah, blah. That money that they're saving in the difference. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like I do think there are people who would want to just patronize mm -hmm. a black-owned hair shop, mm -hmm. but unfortunately, their wallet doesn't agree with them. Do you know what I mean? However, though, it's interesting because really and truly, the more we patronize them the more they'll be able to um, kind of bring, like the prices will co can come down yeah. mm -hmm. because obviously then they're going to have, they're going to need more stock, more stock and then they can yep. kind of come up with a deal. So it's a weird, mm -hmm. is it a hamster that goes around the wheel? Yeah, it's a vicious circle. It is, but like, I do but think that, sorry, I do think people that can afford it should be more intentional mm. and I think that way we'll be able to change can come uh, and also like way. you know what like what I, I i always look at like what digital like what the online space has done like for expression for mm -hmm. black people's expression yeah. so like for us to be here mm -hmm. we can do that because of online yeah like do you know what i'm not on bbc breakfast today i'm here with you like yeah. do you get what i'm saying but like when i started in the industry 20 years ago if you're not getting on that bbc breakfast so far it's a myth for you. Like, mm -hmm. you're not reaching no one. Like, do you yeah. get what I'm saying? But I can come here and reach, I know that I'm reaching people. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? And then, like, you know, at the same time, you look at the musicians. 20 years ago, when I was in secondary school, like 25 years ago, like, you know, when the artists were coming out, they had no platform. Mm. So there was, it was always one. I remember literally being a youth man and there was a year Miss Dynamite won the Mercury and that was the pathway yeah. in. Yeah. The next year, Dizzy Ross won a yeah. Mercury. I felt like I won a Mercury because mm. I knew like one person went through. Yeah. Before them, it was like so solid time. So it was like one person was popping. Mm -hmm. But actually what no one talks about is that, oh, now we've got like a hundred artists that are popping, yeah? That are from our community. Mm -hmm. The reason they're popping is because they've got digital fan base mm -hmm. and they've got social media and they can reach audiences in a way that they weren't able to years and years ago. And mm. because of that, they've been able to prove that there is an audience for their content because the problem we had before is that we couldn't prove en masse that there was an audience for oh, yeah. our musical content, so mm -hmm. to speak, right? And then because of that, like, you know, that we've, like, now, in a way, there's another racism that happens where black artists, even if they're good, never get signed unless they've got a following. Yeah. White guys get signed every day They've got zero following. Yeah. You've never heard of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, they, and they put money into them to make mm -hmm. them stars. Black guys, if you wanted to get signed tomorrow, they'll be looking at your metrics. You yeah. Yeah. But like, if you were a white yeah. brother, they will just say, are you good or not? Yeah. That's yeah. another type yeah. of racism that, that happens in the music industry. But mm -hmm. actually, it's better than what it was before where like, you know, you j it was just one guy was yeah. coming in. And so we, we, we apply that to hair. We apply that to film. We apply that to everything. Mm. We can control those. Like, where is the database online for a black woman to say, like, the closest black hair shop to me, mm. black owned? Mm -hmm. Like, we need to create these. I'm not saying I'm the guy to do that. Yeah. But there are people in our community that are into tech. Just make a list. Someone did that, actually. I, I, someone put it in the community as well. Because I talked about it yesterday, about, like, a directory with all the black-owned hair shop. And then there is one, actually. Mm -hmm. 
and I reposted it. Someone, put, yeah, someone dropped in our Twitter community, Sick. so you Sick. can check that out. So we well. need to jump on it, man. I just yeah. feel like we need to stop waiting for other people to liberate us. Nobody is happen. going to give up their undue prominence. Yeah. Nobody's going to give up their undue advantage to benefit someone, regardless of color. We live in capitalist society. People do not care about trying to help people for the sake of it. And as black people, we need to look to ourselves. What can we do to liberate ourselves? Because if people are racist to us, they're not trying to stop being racist because they benefit from that racism. And that's like, you know, that's been my mentality. People are like, oh, you make films. Like, oh, but the industry doesn't help you. I'm like, I'm, I am the industry. I'm creating the industry. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As a word. Brent, were you going to say that? What <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic guest so far, man. Facts. Bloody hell. All right. Let's continue. All right. So I know a lot of people are going to basically say, you know what? Look at the reality today, right? In terms of um, the next steps, because obviously yesterday we all came together. We kind of boycotted, right? Shut down the shop. Yeah, they were in there. Yeah. But in terms of like a practical next step that the average person can do, what would you basically say right now they can do today? I think the first step is to hit them where it hurts. Is yeah. stop cool. is stop patronizing the shops. Mm. Like that's that's really the that's actually the first the first step. Okay. Because if we stop patronizing the shops, they're not really gonna be making money. They're gonna start closing down. Mm -hmm. They can start making up spaces for other people who can't afford it to have the shop other black people mm -hmm. who can't afford it to have the shops and stuff. And that's what someone was saying was like, yeah, this one shop, no one wants to go to this one shop. Mm -hmm. But on this same road, he might own another five. He might own another six. Yep. Do you get me? They might have other branches around London. So mm -hmm. I don't think it's enough to just stop that <coughs> one shop. Mm -hmm. It just, I feel like everyone needs to make a conscious decision, mm -hmm. intentional decision to seek out black owned, um, black owned hair yeah. shops or black owned cosmetic what, shops. What if they can't find any in their proximity? What if they have to go Way, way, way to find one. I'll be honest with you. People go quay, quay, quay for less. For less. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Sure. Like, you would go quay, quay, quay. I've been places for brunches. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get what I mean? So, mm. Yeah, but brunches is a bit different than... I, mean. I don't think so. I think, it, again, it's about how it is that you feel about mm. the cause and the yeah. bigger picture. Yeah. So if you see the bigger picture and you feel as though, Do you know what? This is wrong, and I want I want better for my community. Yeah. Personally, I feel like that should be the fuel. That's that's fuel enough to make a to to do something differently. But also, as well, you don't have to go to a shop. There's there's online shops as well. Mm, I mean, there's online retailers, so you can buy that. Way. I do think what it comes down to is how much it is that you care. And I'm not shaming anyone for not caring because people have different circumstances. Like I, I can't shame anybody. If they say, do you know, I actually can't afford to go to that black black owned shop, or I can't, I would never ever shame anybody for that. If people have got different things also, going on, however, I do think it's about how much it is that you care about the cause. Yeah. And Ain't everyone got to care though. But also, sorry, quickly, is is it a fact that black owned hair shops are more expensive? Because if I'm talking about TGs, I've actually gone to TGs, gone back to the Asian man, yeah, about five minutes down the road, and the prices were the same. It depends what you would want, but typically, if it's like a new shop, for example, yeah, they wouldn't have a deal with that. With that, the retail, the supplier or something like that. Mm. So, say for example, this shop, the shop that was closed, yeah. well, that all that stuff happened with, they've got other shops. Like they do have other shops. You get what I mean? So mm. you can negotiate to buy in bulk, but if you're a smaller shop, mm -hmm. you can only you can't buy in bulk. You have yeah. to buy reasonably according to demands. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So that might that could be a thing. 
And even Rebecca said that yesterday, one of our um, listeners in the community, yeah. she, during lockdown, started a business where she was selling like black hair supplies and stuff like that. But she was saying how certain brands she worked with, they would give her a different, they would give, make it more expensive, black-owned ones, make it more expensive for her. But then say that they went to PAX or something, they would, it would be cheaper over there. And then she said she has to start questioning them, like, okay, it's expensive, it's more expensive on our website, but then when you go to other places, it's cheaper. How are we then gonna get traffic? Because yeah. it's more expensive for us. Do you get what I mean? So sometimes that is the case. I think okay. it just depends on what it is that you want to buy. Okay. How does does like how does buying black help the community? Are you just want to help another black person, or do you want to help the community? Because that's what I'm saying. You're saying you got to care. It's not just a consumer. It's just like just buying and putting money in a black person's pocket yeah. doesn't necessarily do anything for the community if that black person is not on cold or trying to do anything. To but benefit the community, you, mm, is, it, is it is it is it community wide? Is it just you just want to put money in black people's pockets? Or I think I, that, I think I think you know what it's it's deeper than that. It's about building. It's about building our own people up and actually then making it so that if you build if you help build a black business to be successful, hopefully that person then influences black culture at the structural level. Yeah. And also at the grassroots level, because mm. again, like you, you know, I hate compa- not ally, no, no, bro, not, I, ain't on cold. no, but you can't, you can't. A black person, I promise you, is more likely to be an ally yeah, yeah, than true. a white person, in my experience. That's true. And more even, likely, yeah. mm. more, is, more if, likely. I'm not saying all black people, all yeah. skin folk, are kin folk. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying all skin folk are, are kin folk. But what I'm saying is, it's more likely a black person, yeah will help another black person than a white person or Asian person. Yeah. I'm not saying all Asians and all whites are racist and Actually, they hate. No, no like like one of my closest friends as like, you know, that has changed my life is Asian. I've got white friends that have done the same thing for me. I've got like mixed race friends, friends that are Chinese that have done this for me genuinely. Like, you know, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is even then, like, you know, I've got, I've, like, I'll give you an example. So I've got an estate agent, brethren, Amazing guys, one of my closest friends, right? And he looks after a few of my properties, right? So I've got this property. I'm struggling to finish it off, like redevelopment. He's like, you know what? I've got some guys that will do it for you. So then he calls the finisher guy. It's an Asian guy. He calls, I don't even think he notices what's going on. He calls the cleaner, Asian guy. He calls an electrician. It's, it's an Asian guy. Not because he's racist. He's just... It's just access, yeah. right? <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. access, it's easy access. It's people that he probably met mm-hmm. at mosque, people that he met at church, people that he met, like wherever he's meeting people, right? People that yeah. he's met because they're in his network or he grew up with them or he, his uncle knows them or whatever. Like, but And this is why, like in a way, I'm like, if you help a black, even if you're helping just their black family, mm-hmm. that cha- that's revolutionary. That's yeah. Yeah. If it's helping just... Me, if you put money in my pocket and it helps me and my wife and my three children, like that's revolutionary because you're uplifting that five unit group of black people Mm -hmm. that are going to go on to influence the world. You know, I was going to give the example when you said that of um, Enish, the restaurant, right? Nigerian Nigerian restaurant owned by Nigerian couple. I didn't know. Nigerians are so funny because Enish is actually both their names. But they put together. You know, it? Nigerians love that with business. Yeah. <laughs> Their names have to be in there. But basically, it's owned by this Nigerian couple. They've got branches everywhere. They've opened one this year, I think it was earlier this year, in Oxford Street. Mm. A whole Nigerian machine is really nice. I've been there. They've got like two in Dubai. Like, 
you know I mean? They've got it in so yeah. many places. So with that, it started in London. It all started in London. And they've got like eight, because mm. their bags, basically their takeaway bags have all their, the list of all their branches. And every time I get a new bag, it's a new, it's a new location. Do you get me? So I feel like even with that, I agree with that in terms of they don't have to necessarily be on code and go forth and do a lot of charity. But when I think about it, in, they would hire black people. That in itself is still doing something for the community. Do you get me? Like they're hiring black people. There's more black staff, more black jobs, all that kind of stuff. I feel like in a way it's still benefiting black. Yeah, and I think even if they weren't on code, just to say they weren't on code at all, it's still better to empower them than it would be to empower people outside of us. Someone that actually hates you. That's the problem I have is that actually... I'll come. I'm a, maybe I'm a little bit charged because, like, you know what? Last night we had a screening premiere launch event for my film, right? And like, the venue were palpably racist. Like, they were rude to me. They were disrespectful to everyone because they were black. Because the thing is, as a black person, if you live in the West, you would have experienced racism, mm -hmm. and you know what it looks like. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you sort of being like this because I actually said it to the like assistant, whatever he was, assistant manager or whatever he was. I said, oh my gosh, you're being racist. Like you're being really and guys, I'm not being racist, and I hate this. They my hate girlfriend's black. <laughs> like, bro, because your girlfriend's black. My neighbors can't. You're, you're not racist to her. Okay. <laughs> Talk it, about doesn't, it. <laughs> it doesn't mean you don't have this energy. Mm -hmm. like, do, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? And yeah. Like, oh, no, no, my partners, no. But the point is, I suppose for me, it's like, when I, when I reflect on all these things, I just think, actually, it's just better to empower one black person, even if they empower their family. Yeah, it's friends. better to empower, yeah. because actually, that their child could go on to be the person that makes it easier for makes my children yeah. to do something. Exactly. Like, and, and that means a lot to me when I've done so much in the industry and I could have an event in central London and be made to feel black. Mm. I don't like being made to feel black like because I'm not black. Like I'm just a person. Like The black label like is this... Like for me, in terms of, I'm not saying I don't identify as black, by the way, because like, that's <laughs> the thing of the bit. I'm just saying like in terms of the label, like there's a, there's a way that racist white people make you feel black like you shouldn't be here you don't belong like why why like why are there so many people on the guest list why is this why is this and i'm like what like why are we stressing out like what what's like why why are you not communicating with me like i'm a normal human being why are we having this like anger and and like i'm trying to communicate back to you and you're like oh don't no like <laughs> bro i just think for Stop me I, I wish I wish there was a black venue that had like a mm -hmm. thousand and a half people capacity that I could just give them my money because they get it. Is they get that actually there might be maybe 200 people more on the guest list in case people don't turn up and stuff like that, you know, because there's a code like when you communicate, when you do business with people from your own community or people that are aware of like the norms in your community, yeah. it just makes it easier. It makes it easier. Makes it easier. Yeah. And so that's it, man. I just think we need to we need to empower ourselves. We need to invest in ourselves. We need to mine in our own industry because people are not gonna give up their undue advantage. It doesn't make sense. Big facts. Mm. Last week yeah, we had a discussion about um, the feasibility and even if we want to even have like a, a black only school, right? And I guess uh, the advantages of that and this and the third. And when speaking to a few people, somebody specifically um, on Instagram said to me, it's a stupid idea because it's reverse racism. 
what would you say to somebody who says basically like us boycotting and only wanting to put money into our pockets? That's reverse racism and that doesn't help society. The best way is to kind of show how it should be and let's have institutions that may be owned by us, but we kind of open this up to other people too. No, I think I don't think black businesses should just be for black people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think I think black businesses should be in the same way that the thing is, the great thing, the best thing about this country, yeah, mm. the best thing is that we don't live in ghettos where only black people exist. Or only poor black people exist. You see, like growing up here, you could grow up on an estate, yeah? You're from Hackney. Bro, there's like, there's always been big houses in Hackney (laughs) that different people from different communities lived in. So you could have been in your estate and not left your estate, but that's your business because up the road, there's like big, big houses with diverse communities. And that's what I love about London. Like what I love the most about this, like this space is that actually... It is kind of diverse. And if you open your eyes, just down the road, there's like always, there's estates everywhere. There's estates in West End. Yeah. Yeah. There's council flats in mm. West End, in the middle of West End. And that's what I love about it in that actually, no matter how poor you are, mm-hmm. you've got access or you see something, you can see something beyond you. There's only a few estates like in London, like, like farm is in that one corner. Like, and... You're, you're kind of trapped. Yeah, yeah. There was one in Peckham. There were a few in Hackney where, like, literally you could walk for half a mile and you're just still on your estate. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what is great about London is that it's diverse. So whatever product you have, if it's not got potential to reach a diverse audience, you're limiting your potential market. Mm-hmm. And, like, why would you want to develop a business that has a capped market? Mm-hmm. So in a way, like, that's, like, from going, going back to your point... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think black businesses, I don't think should just be for black people. I think they could be, you could put your own black twist on it. You Mm -hmm. can celebrate your heritage. You could do all of that. Mm -hmm. But the aim should never be to like box up black black things and not sell it to other communities. Most people that that, that do the black owned thing and scream black owned, they move like they only want, like it's only for black people. Like they only want black customers and that. I agree with you. That's how they move, which is a bit... yeah, that's how it comes I agree across with you. the majority I agree of the time, which is stupid. Do you know what it is? For me, th- it's more on the ownership side, though. I think we preach about black ownership, not just black customers. No, but it, it doesn't... Well, It doesn't resonate. It doesn't resonate that with me. Do you know what it is? It's the marketing. Because something's black-owned, I guess... Basically, black advertising as black-owned has is now the one marketing tool to help you get black customers. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because really and truly, I feel like starting a black-owned business, you are more likely to get black customers. You're more likely... It's easier for you to break into the black market before you break into, like, the wider market. But is that because how it's marketed? So that's why they, so they market that way. So I do agree. They do market... Do you, but an Asian man starts a business. He's not more likely... Unless he's, not more, he's not more Asian likely to get... He's not Asian-owned. He's likely to... Yeah, unless you live in like a heavy that. demographic yeah, like that. Because they don't need to say that. But no one says it. But that's not their story. White-owned, Asian-owned, they don't have to say because they own a lot of stuff. To be a black-owned business, it's it's a rare thing. So no, that's you know why what that's it is? become like a USP of... No, no, yeah. I get it. But I get his point as well. I get his point. Because it creates this idea yeah. that it's just for, for black, black people. people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. actually the term, not even like same black owned mm. make it, makes it seem like, it's only for black. okay, it's only for black. That Not, not, even, not yeah. even the branding. I've not mm. seen the branding. But the minute I see in my head, the minute something says it's black owned, right? Mm-hmm. It... 
in my head, me as a black person, saying, I, I think it's just for black people. Yeah, I'm, I think you're openly out there saying you only want black people because you could have just yeah. had your business and, and had your business. But and, you know what's and it would have been though, for everybody. Just interesting though, because there are a lot of business, there are some business and black owned businesses now who they don't market as black owned because of, of yeah. this, but it only attracts yeah. or black people only think they're the only ones to come. But this whole black owned thing started with, with lockdown. That's when, like, that was when. That was a rise of that was, it. That of, was, that was the peak it's of now it. the tagline. Yeah. It's now how to kind of sell yourself. Obviously, we've got Black Pound and whatever. But there are businesses who are aware of that and they try to. Some of them just like my business. Do you get what I mean? And then when you then ask them, I have them for an interview or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, like I own the business, but it's not just for black people. Yeah. Like I hear people throwing that little yeah. thing in there now. No, come on. It's what he, I agree What's with him though. Yeah, I agree with you. Come on, Nicola. Good morning, good morning. Um, obviously, great conversation, follow-up from yesterday. So I I'll try to be less... Is that you? <laughs> 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 you fight? No, I'm not. Did I you go here? Yeah? Did you make it to the front line, yeah? I, I did, I was on the front line. Damn right. I was, I was. Boots on the ground, that's my girl. Wait, where was the horns, man? Literally, literally, I had to turn up. Um, um, Just speaking to Mars's point about why we have to say black-owned, to me, I think, obviously, it speaks to the structural way things have been set up. So, of course, we have to say black-owned because me, if, we, if we're saying we want to um, generate um, generational wealth and we want to be empowered economically, then how do we do that if we don't own anything? So, if we don't own anything and it's not known, how do we start, how do we start this? How do, how do we start this? Like, I would rather go and go to patronise someone that actually says they're black owned, then going to someone that hasn't, it's not, it's not really stated. Like, I don't know. Like, I have but to question. Black people support, I, 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 black people support, things, sorry, Christian, yeah? Black people support oh. businesses, yeah, that like, people come and infiltrate the culture, whether it be the hair shops, a food shop, I don't know, a club or whatever, that's ingrained in black culture, like, but it's not a black person only. It's not until you went and done the research and you found out like, rah, this is a white man shop or this is a, you didn't even know you know what I'm trying to say like, you just accept it and they didn't have to promote they didn't have to even pretend to be black owned they just done it oh counterpoint sorry Christy you know there are some businesses who advertise as black owned but because not. they know that's how they're going to get black people in yeah. but they're not yeah but I'm saying there's a lot not of just black people by the way because just after George Floyd as you knew yeah. a lot of demographics decided ah oh, is this what is happening we're going to actively mm. now look to put money into black owned businesses yeah it's slapping black owned on it it wasn't just black people yeah all those woke individuals that care about this particular uh, narrative that equity is split fairly mm -hmm. they also wanted to stop um using their purchasing using the, power yeah. to basically um, buy these products so it's not just a case of um people say black owned just for black people to do this they also um other people also benefit off the back of the perception. Oh, because companies and stuff want to take boxes and, yeah. and all these yeah. things. That's why if you have this DNI and um, um, initiative that's run through the, the corporate offices, because once it's I'm seen as taking these boxes, everybody's going to, um, all the work individuals, because that's where everybody's leaning towards, are going to be uh, giving you patronage. It's marketing tool now. So you think it makes yeah, sense? And, but, it? Again, it depends on, on what um, specific thing we're talking about because okay, it's yeah, 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 yeah. some people do not want um well some people don't create products for white people anyway right yeah. uh hair grease this yeah, and next yeah. this is directly towards black, black people. people for example rihanna right yeah everybody's now going to rihanna because mm -hmm. wow you've actually done something for me yeah and it's not just 
black women that are buying this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Even the yeah. ones that want to blackfish, innit? Oh, well, absolutely. That's their recipe. <laughs> That's their recipe. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> my thing is, how we, how are we meant to? Sorry, how are we meant to circulate? Uh, how are we meant to circulate money in the community if we don't go to the black owned and it doesn't? And it hasn't been like I don't understand. Like obviously, you have to you start. Know, at point. Christy's point. Christie's point. You're right. You can you can spend money at black owned businesses. The point me and Margs are trying to make is that actually sometimes that branding is isolating to people outside of the community. We're not saying as black people we shouldn't spend money with black-owned business. And also, the problem is, actually, with, like, detailed advertising, with, like, the precise advertising you can do on social media, you don't have to say you're black-owned, you know. You can literally target (laughs) who you're advertising to using metal, whoever, like, whatever other non-black owned tech company mm-hmm. <laughs> were advertising through because also at the yeah. same time an area that I worry about like we are active users of tech but we don't own any tech it stresses me out you know? I go to bed like thinking about that every night thinking we live in like a technology world but black people literally own no tech yeah yeah Preacher. No, obviously I hear the no, it's, it's facts, it's facts, and I hear the point because I think generally, yes, I think products that are universal, that are just universal, has nothing to do with race. Of course, then yes, I don't think that it should, it should be marketed in that way. It don't make sense. Universally, universally, uh, we use roll-on deodorant. Why do I need to say it's black-owned? Mm-hmm. It, it, like it, certain things, I believe, yes, it shouldn't be a thing. Like I should just be able to go to. Um, dry cleaners and something that's universal typically it shouldn't be but obviously i would like to make sure i like to patronize my black um, dry cleaners but obviously things like that that is universal i get it 100 percent get that that realistically the marketing but i think the problem is is we're trying to um go into i think the problem with us is we try to call the markets are over saturated and that's the problem so we're not really thinking outside the box so yeah it shouldn't certain things shouldn't need to be marketed in that way like generally if i'm setting up for dry cleaners Everybody should use, everybody uses dry cleaners, so it shouldn't really be a thing. Mm-hmm. But however, how certain th- um, unfortunately the way things have panned out, certain things have to be loud and said that it's black owned because it's like we want to push ownership, but then it, it, like how do we push ownership if we don't actually say these things that are black owned? So I think it's a catch twenty two. Obviously, I hear the point. Certain things it just doesn't need to be marketed that way. It doesn't. But there's certain things like I'm sorry, like hello, there's a turtle bay. Turtle bay is actually trash. It's owned by an Asian man, but you would purport it to be. I'm sorry, I need to know that. No, no, I don't. I'm not. Go- I don't. I need to know that I'm going somewhere that is that that, that is for me. I'm not going to go to, but they purport it that way. So that to me is important for information to know. So I think certain things, yes, it needs to be important to know that yes, it's black owned. But I, I agree, other things, it's not necessary at all. It's not, and again, we shouldn't oversaturate the market with certain things that it's been overpopulated like certain industries we need to actually think outside the boxes just like you said with the tech like why do we not why are we not in the tech so we need to monopolize these industries where they wouldn't normally think to see us and i think that's also a bigger issue that we need to tackle but i i do get the point why we need certain things to be aimed as black owned like i think it's important for me i I feel pride in that to be honest just as um um Esther mentioned that initially, I actually feel pride in the fact that they've got a chain of restaurants. Where do you see a chain of restaurants? With a McDonald's, they're all like, but you don't, I, I, for the fact there's actually a chain of Nigerian restaurants, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. So, my, my, um, the ones coming up can see, mate, there's a chain of Nigerian restaurants. It's also, it's also, it's also, I can do that. 
it sets it sets the pace for the other the generations coming up. So I think it's also important to highlight to um, to highlight that also. So I think two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. I'm still stuck on the whole community aspect. I think everybody needs to have like a bigger mission. Like I get what you're saying. Like if you support black owned, and even if it's just one family that you think for, that's better than somebody that hates you and stuff like that. And I get it, but it's still going to take longer to make any progress because you're the one caring on boots on the ground. Then it just stops there. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, the companies, the businessmen, the owners, and that want the support from the people, and then they get it. And then it's just from me and my family, and then on the hope and on the whim that one of my kids changes the generations and stuff like that. It still doesn't thing with me. I feel like there needs to be a more concise effort to know what we're doing. This money's coming here. I'm not saying that you have to go and give it away or whatever, but there, I feel like there needs to be something in place, some kind of structure. I'd, I'd prefer, yes, you'd prefer to for like your own people than anybody else. That's that's cool. I don't even know if I really care like that. I'd prefer that knowing where my money's going, it's gonna just like trickle down. But, but you know what I'm trying is, to say? Like, that the thing is, it does every purchase have to benefit the whole community? Why can't it just benefit that one black family? It don't, it don't have everything doesn't have to be for the wider good. It could be just to help that black family. Because if we're helping yeah. multiple businesses, I mean, in, out of that multiple, there'll be people who are on code. Yeah, but like you said, not all skin folk is kin folk. Some people yeah, are pieces of yeah, shit. I don't want to help no piece of shit just because they're black. I don't want to help no either just because they're black. I want no. Think about it. If I keep help, sorry, you said. If I keep. So there's a multiple, there's multiple businesses, right? And I know that I go to the shop, I go to the shop, I go to the shop. His shop is the one where they've set up organisation, they set up charities, they're doing this, whatever. Knowing what they do, I will be more inclined now to pour more into the, into this business. I feel like it will happen yeah. that way. So that way, we're kind of like weeding out people who are doing for self. Like, what yeah. do boots do for the community? That's what I was thinking. Oh, I was thinking. What do super drug yeah. do that's, that's, that's like what I'm about to say. Yeah. Oh, no, like, but I don't like, go what super do you drug No, but what do you do McDonald's? What do you care yeah. if CD do for the community? Or, uh, yeah. local black... Uh, no, store. no, I get that, but that's just things that we take for granted, isn't it? But now we're sitting down, we're focused, and we're making a concerted effort to push our mm -hmm. our money somewhere and to push our industry somewhere, isn't it? Do you know what I'm trying to say that? So why aren't the focus you know in, what aligned is? all the way across? Because it's not. That's just that things we just take for granted, isn't it? Do you know what it is? Sorry, I've got Caribbean shops. I don't know what they do. Oh, sorry, Christy. Thank you. I've got Caribbean shops that I go to and think I don't know what they do for the community, if anything. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like that's fine. I'm taking granted. No, but I'm saying now we're having a conversation, though. No, but the thing is, unless we set up right a union or 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 like some a charity or board, but that's what does that. But that's what we should do. No, but the thing is, not all business business doesn't work like that. Capitalist society, capitalist society is based on. I have a business idea. I've got a potential. You find my mentor told me this. All it is, you find a problem and you solve it. That's business, right? And so you find a problem and you solve it. And now you've solved this problem so well, you're making loads of money from it. Like most of the time, most businesses don't do charitable activity. Most businesses yeah. don't. And also, although in an ideal world, we want them we want to, to yeah. you just might not. Yeah. And that's just, is what it is. Yeah, no, so why yeah, are we, so why are we but then, even just practicing nepotism, no, just, Marcus, no, but bro, you've been shopping at Adidas, you've shopped at Adidas, you've shopped at White Souls your whole life. Did you ever care about where the money was going? So why so why do you care about where this is going? How oh, when I found out about the little sweatshops, I stopped buying certain things. What's man talking about? <laughs> no, 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 be honest. Oh, no, be honest, be honest. <laughs> for, for your whole life, you shopped at big white corporations, big white companies. And yeah. did you ever care about where your money was going? No. Right? Exactly. So why would you care about no. this? Yeah. Because you are making a habit of conversation fact, no, for me to start fact, caring about where my money is going. The fact that it's going to a black 
own business should be good enough for you because you've been shopping your whole life at yeah, white establishments and not caring yeah, about that, where it's going. That ignorance wasn't bliss. It didn't get us nowhere, innit? So now you're having a conversation with me no, and you're no. like, take no, your money man. from them no, places so and put it somewhere else. You know yeah? what it is? I want where I'm putting... Like, because obviously now it's time for change, innit? When you know better, you no, do better, innit? No, so we want to... We want to. We're on a journey, and we're on a path in it. So now, rather than just spending my joint willy nilly, you're telling me take it here, and I'm saying, all right, cool. I've got no problem taking it here. And when I take it here, what are we doing? Because it's still, I still want to. Do you get what I'm trying to say? No, but wait, wait. I get your point, but the point is, like, we can't, as we always do this as black people. Mm. We always hold black people up to a standard that we don't hold any other community up to. So we should hold our own no, to, wait, to a higher wait, standard no, though. Wait, 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 listen to what I'm saying. So you're like, actually, I don't mind going to the Asian man shop, you know, if he's like, does stuff within the community. Mm. Nobody knows any charity that PAX has ever set up to help the black community. Yeah. Uh, and and But the minute you want to, like what's saying, to spend your money with a black hair shop. You're like, oh, they have to be spending that money back, yeah. reinvesting that money. No, you should. they shouldn't. It's up to them. Exactly. Like, it's capitalism. Yeah. You've given them that money. If they choose to do goodwill with that money, if they choose to be active within the community with that money, yeah. fair enough. If they don't, if they go and buy 20 houses, mm -hmm. yeah, and only rent those houses out to non-black people, mm -hmm. it's up to them because the money's gone to them now. That's yeah. fine, and then you're, you're not wrong, and that's obviously that's how it works, and that's how it's been going. But I'm saying, we're sitting in this room, yeah? Mm -hmm. We're sitting in this space, mm -hmm. and we're having a conversation, yeah? yeah? So there's an elephant in the room that we're clearly addressing, yeah? So yeah. we all know what's going on in it, yeah? And then we decide to support the black businesses, because this is where it's going, yeah? Used to own black businesses, used to are aware of the conversation, what's going on, aware of the plight that we're under, aware of what's going on, the movement that we're trying to make. Mm -hmm. We decide to push our money into those businesses and then it just stops there. Wait, but you're a part of the conversation. You know what's going on. What do you mean? You should be, you should be driving the change with us. Were we doing our part? You know what I'm trying to say? Now what? How can it just stop there? Because I thought we was working towards something together. Like, there's got, I want something more. A lot of the time we think it stops there, yeah. But like Femi's saying, just them bettering themselves, yeah, that trickles down in some, in some type of way. But aside from that, um, there's a, when you go to a Caribbean shop, right? Mm -hmm. There was a time where there's just one Caribbean shop. Because of that idea and we saw it being successful, other people said, I'm going to do another Caribbean shop. Mm -hmm. So that alone creates other situations where other black people can say, this can be done. On top of that, how many white people you've seen working in the Caribbean shop? No, no. You ain't seen none. So basically, you've got people now who've got employment. I was chatting to somebody in one stop Caribbean shop, it's in Wilson, right? And she was talking about, oh, she works here, goes to another shop, black owned as well, I can't remember what it is, and she works there. Why? Because she's trying to get money to get a mortgage. So she gets to go on the, on the property ladder. So now she gets into a situation where she can benefit her family. So all of these type of things that we're not considering, it has that effect. We shouldn't have to require of these black people oh, tell me what you're going to do with this money. This profit is going to go here and then this profit is going to... No, no. Yeah, no, I ain't policing no one's business. You don't yeah, have to I, tell I, me I nothing. Know, I know, I'm I just know. speaking to the mindset. But yeah, yeah, owning, owning a business is empowering to other people. Yes. And yeah. a lot of the time, if you invest, if you spend your money at a black-owned business, mm -hmm. they are more likely to empower people within their community. Right. In the same way that I just told you, my estate agent, um, Bridget, mm, yeah. yeah, most of his office... He's got one black guy working out of his office. He's got one Chinese guy. He's got predominantly Asian people working out his office. He called me an electrician. He was Asian. He called me a cleaning company. Asian. He called me... It was because he's bringing in his... Because there's other... Like, imagine I own... I, 
I run a film business, right? Mm -hmm. I run a film and television business. Yesterday, I did an event. The events company I use. They're black people. Money's going in their pocket. They'll em empower their company. Their, um, their, their, their um, families or whoever they want to empower with that money. I don't know who they're spending that money on. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like, Abra's performing. He's brought his bridges. They're like, rah, there's a thousand something people here. But yeah. that's, that's the dude, yeah. that's no, the dude you, I'm talking about. No, 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 the, the people, I did a ticket where people could donate £2.50 to get in. And then I slid that price up closest to the event. I didn't want to charge for that event. Mm. But they were like, oh, we have to do a ticket link. And I was like, I don't want to do a free ticket link because people might just book it and not yeah, come. Yeah. Right? So let's put a, a charity, charitable donation. I'm giving money from that event to um, a charity called Power the Fight, which is run by a black guy, and another charity called Arts Against Knives, just because, like, you know, I made that decision. But, like, I, I, like you said, I'm a black guy that is conscious in that way, that wants to empower other black people, that wants to do all of that, despite literally facing race, what I felt was racism mm -hmm. yesterday. But it doesn't matter. Like, I'm still trying. But other black people might not want to do that. But, yeah, but it's fine. It is not, but yeah, it's it is fine. fine. But then yeah. I'd, rather, I'd rather come and support you. That's the, the, that's yeah. like you're, the, the point that you're making is the doing and the mindset mm -hmm. to which I'm talking about. I ain't policing you to tell you about what charities you think. I don't need to know all that. Yeah. But you're practicing nepotism. Like you're doing you're doing what mm -hmm. you need to do. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, and that's the mindset. That's literally the simple things that you just said yeah. is what I'm speaking to. But it's also just just um, one person. Because remember, even if you patronize like 10 um, different companies, right? And only one person has the mindset that Femi has. That In 10 years time, somebody's going to see Femi and be like, okay, cool. I'm going to do something similar. So we shouldn't necessarily just see it as, oh, okay, you know what? I have to make sure everyone's kind of doing certain things. Just that one person, that one visible person can make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't necessarily say, oh, what's Mark doing with his money when he was rapping? Just the fact that you was rapping and the fact that you're now a podcaster, it's like, cool, I can do this too. Like, do you know how many people you've inspired yeah. by what you, like, by your life? Mm -hmm. But you you would never even, do you know what's mad, Mark? You wouldn't know. You, you would never even know. know. Yeah. You, you know, like, I know, like, you go out and you get the love and all of that stuff. Like, but you know, like, I meet people every day. First time I met you, you came up to me, you're like, raw, I love you, like, I love your films, blah, blah. First time I ever met you, I didn't know who you were. I knew you, like, like and I was like, bro, like, you're a rapper. Like, remember, I keep, like, yeah, yeah, first yeah. time I met you, I'm like, you're a rapper, bro. Like, man, like, where's your music? Like, remember, I saw you before the podcast thing, tell yeah, the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You came up to, but I've never met you before, but I knew of your work. And like you shaped me. I met Abra. The same thing. He's like, oh my gosh, like, like I was saying to I was saying to Abra's manager yesterday, thanks for making this happen, man. Mm. Like this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you. Mm. Do you know what he said to me? He goes, bro, I'm a fan. <laughs> I've been yeah. a fan. Yeah. How can I say no to you, bro? Like yeah. I was a, I was watching your film Kiddo yesterday, but I did that when I was 17. I don't know who's that that has touched. Who's that touched? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like when I meet when I meet like John Boyega, um, Damson Idris, all of these people, mm. they know me because the work I did sixteen years ago. Right. They don't. I'm not their brethren. Mm. Mm -hmm. They saw me on a medium even before they could conceive of, of themselves on that medium, and they've not only gone and done that, they've done it to another level. Mm. Like yeah. to me, I don't even like like the amount of people you influence by your very existence mm -hmm. and like your very action and you influence them to shape the world in their own way. Mm. But we can't police how they shape the world. Mm. I can't now say, oh, do you know what? Like man did that film, yeah? 
I like them youths watch man, they need to pay homage. They don't need to pay homage to me. I'd like they don't know me. I don't know them. They could do whatever they want. But mm. the fact that they choose it, like, even like Letitia Wright, right? She saw, like, one time I invited her to the basketball. She saw my son. She's like, you know your dad's a legend. My son's just looking at her like, just my dad, like, like whatever. <laughs> but, my, my, but to my son, it's mad because I'm looking at the lady from Black Panther. Yeah, wow. mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, You're which telling is me one my of dad's the, a legend? Yeah, like, exactly. which is, like, one of the most successful films yeah. in the world. Ever, and, yeah. like, and then I'll give you one more example, which is mad, blew my mind. Mm. So I'm, like, took my son football, yeah? I used to live, like, near St. John's Wood. So mm. I took my son football. There was a football thing they used to go to. My son's playing football. There's this actor, Chilter Edgerfall. He's one oh, of the biggest black British yeah. actors ever. He's pulled up with his dog. And my missus there. Like, we're both watching my son play football. Some youths, I'm there like, raw. I should talk to my man, you know. I might be able to put him in a film. I've never met him before. I'm doing this in my head, yeah. I'm like, maybe I can like... Like I should pattern my man. I'm doing this debate in my head, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some mutes have walked right past him. They're like, Raw, you're the brother from Kidhood. They're going mad. They don't even know who the brother is. Mm. Like, and so it's like, you don't like in my head, that's the that's biggest you, actor yeah. in the world right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. And then they've come up to me. I'm like, like, my missus is bossing up because she's like, like, the thing is, it goes to show your demographic. <laughs> your demographic, they're not film buffs, are they? Because, like, they've... Li- <laughs> but the point the is, thing. ultimately, you don't know who you're touching you by your action. And, like, by spending money somewhere, you don't know who they're going to influence. Mm-hmm. We can't police every action. And even you can't fathom, like, who, like, you've inspired. People are starting podcasts today because of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you might not meet them for 10 years. This this boy sat here, right? Uh, I think it was last week when we had, no, two weeks ago when we had the Cambridge um, yeah. that came on. Yeah. And there was a boy who was going to Cambridge now, right? He's a black boy. And he, he said that Margs inspired him. And he's off to Cambridge. Margs inspired yeah. him. Yeah. And he sat right there and heard that. Did yeah. he say that? Yes. Don't be silly. I don't remember him saying Stop that. Stop why are you forgetting that part? <laughs> it's just me. Well, like, no, but, but, this is, this but I do my part. I no, help my this, community. This is it. This Everyone is it. Do, but do you know what? Do you know what? Have you set up a charity? No. Have you set up a foundation? <laughs> no. But do you know how much you're doing for the community? No, but there's bare black people in my industry that I work with that I've helped put on platforms, help get their money, exactly. help get their bread. Exactly. I do what I can do yeah. where and I do this, it. You're proving but, my point. Yes. You are a black business. Yeah, but I've got the right mindset so you can support me. This is what I'm trying to say. No. No. I'm just saying be like but, me yeah, but you know what, and what? I'll support you. <laughs> you know don't you get no, it? But you should support people regardless if they're doing something for the wider good Because you not. don't know what they're Because you don't know, like you said, you don't know what that good you're doing for them will do long time. That's I the point you're proving. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. You're sending you to Cambridge. Mm. <laughs> no, that's, that's a stretch. You don't that's even just, know. That's a nice, that's a not, nice spin. No, but you don't, bro. You don't even know, bro. Marks, this is what's mad. Marks, this is what's crazy. You don't even know because you're like, in your head, you're touching kids in the hood, but really you're sending you to Cambridge. This is the thing. I say to like, man meet me all the time like, and they're like, Oh, raw, did it. I'm like, you know, like, I grew up on an estate, like mm. everyone else. Like, so mm-hmm. I was listening to pirate radio. Like, I know, I, I'm, I know what's going on. Like, because some, some youth was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a presenter. Da, 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 da. I met this youth. You know, this youth has been dissing Stormzy, saying, like, <laughs> online, and everyone's been going at him, saying, like, why is he, do-? he had the, this clip saying Stormzy doesn't, like, make music for him anymore. Oh, oh, yeah, so one. I met him. 
And he's like trying to explain. I'm like, bro, I've seen all your interviews. And he was so confused. I'm like, bro, why would I, like, where, what bubble do you not think I live in? Like, mm. do you get what I'm saying? But the point is, you are shaping the world in a way you can't even you fathom. Can't. And in the by investing in black people, so mm -hmm. own like the guy that owns Anish, I'm like, raw, like, how much like can I do? Like, is there value I can add to that mm -hmm. space? But like there's some people that are not only gonna look at that, they're gonna be like, you know, I wanna do it on a Nigerian restaurant, but I wanna do it like this. I wanna make my what's the Nigerian version of Nando's? Mm -hmm. What's the Caribbean version mm -hmm. of that? I wanna do that. And there's there's a black youth that's just gonna come out with it, and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, that's genius. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? But that might have come from like looking at the guy that did Anish. Yeah. Maybe the guy from Kiddo would inspired the girl that went on to do Black Panther. Do you know how so mind blowing that is? Mm. And I'd never even I'd never, yeah. I'd never met any of these people and said, oh, you should do acting, you know? Da, 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 da. But by the very fact that they saw us, me, Amel, Adam Deacon, they're like, raw, this is like me. I can do that. Mm. And it's gone on to inspire them to do much more than we could even do for ourselves or mm. even fathom. And that's all that matters, bro. And we need to think about black business in the same way. Because that's really what it is, you know, is that people that look like you, that are from the same places as you, inspire you because you like it motivates you and you don't know what is going to ignite in each person because everyone's got a different story and i even believe that even with people who have businesses who may not be on code i believe that seeing other people who are on code will bring shame to them black people do have some shame in them do you get I me mean? yeah. like it will yeah. make you think oh all i'm doing is just i've just got a business that's doing well i'm just buying cars i'm buying mm -hmm. houses i'm doing that what am i doing for my community when you see how the community is moving i do think it can inspire change i reckon yeah. i think i believe it can Hundred percent, man. Yeah. I wish we could talk about this further, right? But obviously, I want us to get onto our interview for me. <laughs> right. So we and we do have a, a couple of things to to get through. So I think we can wrap up the topic of the mm -hmm. day there. All right. Let's get into our headlines. All right, guys. So our next headline, big big trigger warning here, guys. It's just some disgusting um information that I need to relate to you guys. So uh, according to a safety watchdog, freely available artificial intelligence software is being used by paedophiles to, cre yeah, to create child sexual abuse material with offenders discussing how to manipulate photos of celebrity children or known victims to create new content. The Internet Watch Foundation said online forums used by sex offenders were discussing using open source AI models to create fresh illegal material. The warning came as the chair of the government's AI task force, Ian Hogarth, uh, raised concerns about CSAM, which is the um, child sexual abuse material, um, on Tuesday, as he told peers that open source models were being used to create some of the most heinous things out there. Open source AI technology can be downloaded and adjusted by users, as opposed to closed model tools um, whose underlying models, which underline the creation of images, cannot be accessed or changed by members of the public. So obviously they're using this to edit and, and I guess fulfill their sick minds, right? So Dan Sexton, who's the chief um, technical officer at the Internet Watch Foundation, said paedophile discussion forums on the dark web were discussing matters such as which open source models to use and how to achieve the most realistic images. Went on to say that there's a technical community within the offender space, particularly dark web forums, where they're discussing this technology. They are sharing imagery, they're sharing AI models, and they're sharing guides and tips. He also added that the content that we've seen, we believe is actually being generated using open source software, which has been downloaded and run locally on people's computers and then modified. And this is a much harder problem to fix. Last thing he added was it's been taught 
what sexual um, abuse material is and it's been taught how to create it. So this is what they're feeding into this AI model. Sick. Sick. And our last um, headline is, uh, researchers found that more than a third of um, UK medical students do not receive sexual misconduct training. Remember yesterday we were talking about um, the amount of people that have suffered from sexual abuse in the, in the NHS. And um, the study by researchers at the University of Cambridge found that almost half of medical students, so pardon me, half of medical schools offered no training or, or only generalized harassment tra training that was not specific to sexual misconduct or that was wholly outside the context of being a doctor. Analyzing responses from the UK's 34 medical schools to, to freedom of information requests, the research found there was no standardization of training on sexual misconduct across medical universities. Um, the authors of this particular report um, basically said that graduates from more than one third of schools in the UK are leaving their medical training without being educated on sexual misconduct and the medical profession anywhere in their degrees. It cannot be assumed, therefore, that graduates who are working as junior doctors have received training on sexual misconduct before starting their NHS roles. They say that medical students, as future clinicians, have a crucial and strategic need for education that allows them to perform a critical role in exhibiting good behavior and intervening, identifying, assessing, and reporting sexual misconduct when they see it happening at work or in wider society. The findings come as a separate study found that nearly one in three female surgeons working in the NHS had been sexually assaulted in the past five years. And that's it for the headlines. It's time to pay the bills. All right, let's get into some word on road. Okay, starting off with some very, 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 very sad news. Um, to Nigerian, the Nigerian artist Mobad sadly passed away yesterday, man. Like, sad, really man. broke my heart. Really, really upset me. Um, he was super, super talented. He, do you know what it is? I just, oh. So, obviously, because I'm Nigerian, yeah, I have a different, like, I feel differently for Nigerians. Mm -hmm. But he's someone who worked so hard to get where he was. And you know, like, the Nigerians who come from the streets, they really be hustling. They really go through things. And, like, when they make it, like, it's such a, it is such a big thing. Do you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, man, it's, it was sad, man. He came onto the scene. He's got a lot of songs that are just so, so sick. Very, very talented rapper. Very talented singer. Just talented, period. And he's so... And his life hasn't been exactly the easiest. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he came from the streets, came from struggle, came from hustling, all of that stuff, made it. So he was signed to Naira Mali's... Um, Label, label, I said label, <laughs> label, Santana Romali's label. However, he started having issues with the label, right? Trigger warning, lots of suicide coming up. But yeah, so he started having issues with the label, wanted to leave the label. That became a whole messy situation where there was, so basically, obviously, Naramali had the whole issue with EFCC. That is the Nigerian, what people that deal with? Is that a fraud? Like HMRC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's Nigerian HMRC, basically. And it was with fraud and whatever, Yahoo Boys and all that kind of mm -hmm. fraudulent stuff, whatever. They all got arrested. It was the whole thing. But anyway, so Mobad wanted to leave the label for... He basically said he wasn't... The relationship wasn't great. He wanted to leave the label. But however, he is one of the most successful artists. Do you get mm. I me? Mean? They didn't want him to leave the label. It was a whole beef situation where one day he basically was doing an Instagram live where he was out on the streets and he was basically saying that he feels like his life is in danger. He was had a breakdown, um, talking about, and basically said to people that if he dies, the label is to blame. Essentially, he actually said, if wow. I die, Nara Mali is the one who killed me. Serious. And Mali, it was, a, it was a whole thing. So he's been through a lot. 
Um, and since that whole thing as well, he's had like poor health and he's he's been dealing with a lot of like mental health um, issues in terms of like anxiety, depression and embellished murder, who is a great friend to him, but also one of our best um, artists in Nigeria as well. So embellished murder um, was really, really close with Mobad. And obviously when the whole thing was happening in the whole industry and stuff, Bella kind of stuck, stuck, stayed by his side and always praised him publicly, put him on and just stayed friends with him. And actually in an interview, that clip has been circulating all through yesterday. But in an interview, Bella was talking about, it was an interview for Bella and his stuff that he was doing. But basically, was talking, he touched on the mobile situation in terms of his label. Mm -hmm. And he was saying how that label thing has been so bad for him that it's actually caused him like... Is it hypertension? Is that mm, like high blood pressure? Mm -hmm, yeah. That where he's like in hospital now because his health is so bad. And also, this is where trigger warning, sorry. Sorry, sorry. But um, he was saying how one time he had to stop him from killing himself. So they were in an apartment, him, Mobad's girlfriend, who um, they've been together for 10 years. And basically his girlfriend came out in a panic like he's, he wants to jump kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they basically had to kind of talk him off. And But he was saying that that's how bad that label thing has been for him. And in a recent interview, Mobad as well was saying about how because he left the label, what they've done is they try to blackball him. Mm -hmm. So whenever he wants to get a booking, they people still go through the label, right? But then the label basically been telling people that he's ill, he's in hospital, he's not well enough to perform, and you don't wanna you don't wanna book him. Like it's not guaranteed kind of thing. So it was um what festival was it? Was, a, was it one Africa Fest or something like that? It was a recent festival, but one of those festivals anyway, the African festivals. They then happened to call him directly and were like, we want you to perform. Like, are you in a good place to perform? He's like, yeah, why wouldn't I be in a good place? We're like, oh, well, your label said that you've been, you're in hospital and you can't perform, you can't do that. So that's when he then clocked that they'd actually been stopping his bag mm -hmm. like that. So he's publicly dealt with a lot. Like the guy's had a hard life and his parents, from what I know, his parents are still alive. And he's just so, I feel like having so, to bury your child. He's 27. He's so young. And he's got a five month old ba baby. Mm. His son is only literally his son only turned five months yesterday. Sad. And his girlfriend, his not his girlfriend, sorry, they're married. His wife was saying how um she that she got the news a few min a few moment few minutes after she'd posted a story about, you know, that the son turning um five months old. So she's obviously expressed her sadness and how she's a widow at 24 now, and like they've been together 10 years since they were like much younger, since they were teenagers and stuff like that, and how just difficult it is. But it is confirmed. Because obviously at the time the news came out, it wasn't really confirmed, but it was later confirmed. And his page or his people have put on his page and they said, it is with great sadness that we confirm the passing of Promise Oladimeji Aloba um, Mobad. And he calls himself Imole, which means light, because he's light. Um, he says, the passing of him today on the 12th of September, Mobad was light until the very end. And as we mourn the loss of the brightness he carried, the family thanks you for your love and prayers and asks that you continue to respect their privacy during this difficult time. Imola is finally at peace. Um, but the news... So basically, the reports, what's currently out there that happened to him is that he had an ear infection, mm -hmm. went to the hospital, he was given an injection, he fell asleep or passed out after the injection and he just never woke up. Imagine. Somebody's already adding up. I don't know if I really, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't mm. know. I feel like hopefully they can do an autopsy and stuff mm -hmm. uh, and they can get really to the bottom of it. Um, but I don't know if I, something don't seem right because the blogs are posting that story never posted when he was speaking out against certain people and whatever else. Do you get know what I mean? So it's like you're, now you want to 
say this is and how do you now you have the sources close to him to confirm or say whatever but his girl his wife sorry also posted um he struggled to till death he's had too many pains threatening he has always lived with fears continuous fights everywhere he goes he has never been happy for a whole day he was called a junkie a mad person a mental issue to the so the public would have another view of him he's dead at least well she said he's dead at least you guys won take your trophy you've made me a widow at 24 year old at 24 years old um and then in Yoruba she said um like god like be a god of justice kind of thing and she said nothing makes him happy anymore even after seeing his baby he became more worried he's now a family man he doesn't want anything to happen to us um I was supposed to collect my baby's passport yesterday so we could process our traveling he always said to me please like always begged her to go for their baby's sake for the baby's safety um, I wouldn't want this people to harm you and him. It will break me. So yeah, man. So it's just it's just sad, man. R.I.P. to my bad. It's very very sad. It really really broke my heart. Really made me sad. But he's a sick artist, man. He's I, so I, sick, I, man. He's so good. He had a lot of bangers. So sick. I think I was in Lagos one time, man. When I'm in Lagos, sometimes I just get in a taxi and I I, mm-hmm. I let them play the radio. So I could, mm-hmm. whenever I, wherever I go, like I make yeah. the, the taxi man play the local radio because yeah. I want to feel the that's vibe. That's you get the vibe, and yeah, that's yeah. how I discovered him. Actually, okay. I, know, I just thought it was the sickest artist. So it's sad to hear, man. Such a, such a young age, man. It's really Very, sad. Very, that's so young. Well, I repeat to him and love to his friends and his wife and Belishmud. I can't even imagine how he's going to be feeling because he was literally like by his side when people deserted him, when they were trying to check for him. He's by his side promoting his music alongside promoting his. And he was such a good friend to him. So it's just very, very sad, man. But I repeat to him, love to his family and friends. Um, and also, so, you know, Burner Boy, the last album had a shouted out Jada Kingdom. And it was like a whole thing about whether they're going out and whatnot, 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 whatever. But anyways, so she's been out with Pardy. Pardy is a songwriter, producer, all that stuff. Also, people know him as um, Megan Thee Stallion's ex. But basically, she's been she was spotted out with Pardy, right? When the picture went out and whatnot, then Bernard Bernard makes me laugh so much. I just think he's such a he's such a joker. Then he put a post up. Obviously, we, it's him in it. So he put a post up with a laughing emoji and he said, "All I can say is City Boys is up," <laughs> and people were like, "Sir." Be fucking for real. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ain't up. But um, yeah, just that. Uh, what else is that? DJ Envy and Tyrese are beefing. Oh, it's a whole mess. So Tyrese was recently on The Breakfast Club, right? Whatever, ever. Good interview, nice interview, whatever. And then DJ Envy says, you know, something about... he Kind of like he owed Tyrese a box in the mouth kind of situation. Like I should out to a box you in the mouth kind of thing. Whatever, whatever. Cool. Turns out now... Um, after the after the interview and whatnot, Tyrese has then gone on his page to say that he was shocked by Envy's mm. the way Envy moved because you know he was shocked by it, and he said about um, how what's it called? He was talking about like, how you know he was accused of disrespecting. That's why Envy wanted to box in the mouth because mm. Envy said he disrespected his wife, and Charlamagne was like, oh like what did he say? And Tyrese was like, I wanted to know what I said because mm. I don't know where I've ever disrespected his wife and whatnot. But basically, this is what the tea is, right? Is that when Envy was out here, disrespecting his family's name, cheating on his wife up and down, um, obviously he and his wife had that whole thing where I guess they were going through marital problems, mm. whatever, whatever. Tyrese helped them get through it. Okay. Like he played a, a part in helping them get back together and just see eye to eye and sort things out. And So they, they did say they're very appreciative of that and mm. they 
they're yeah, they're appreciative of that and they they love him for that kind of thing. But then um I guess they're saying that lines were crossed because Gia, who is Envy's wife, she was saying that they they became really close and they would talk all the time and whatever else. And that is where Tyrese was then moving um, inappropriate with her. Mm. And so that's why they had to break things off. And um, mm. she then, yeah, they break things off and whatever, whatever, the beef, beef, beef. But Tyrese is basically saying that that's a damn lie. He's a, he said, that's a damn lie. You're accusing him of things he didn't do. And he's saying how, um, yeah, I guess he thought they were cool. They were good. He didn't know they had him blocked, basically. And he also showed like dates with text messages and whatnot. Saying that, you know, um, just showing receipts, his form of receipts and what and whatever else it's on his Instagram page. If you wanna hear all the details, you know, Tyrese can be long winded with stories sometimes, so you can go on there. But yeah, so um, and then obviously Gia then called into the show yesterday because Envy wanted to address him being called a liar and whatnot, and she called into the show and she basically said that they, I think they'd they fallen out with him like three times on three occasions or whatnot, but. Essentially, she did confirm that, yeah, he was being inappropriate with her because they were talking. They were very close at one point. They were good friends. But he was crossing the line in terms of flirting with her and making inappropriate comments. And she did mention that she understands, obviously, that he was in a different space. He was on his psych meds and whatever else. So that might be, that might play a part. He Obviously, Tyrese has never shied away from the fact that he was on medication and whatever mm. else. It's all a mess, really and truly. Um, I don't know who's sad I'm on or if I care enough. I just think people made their beds and say so this is what you've got to lie in it. I feel as though Tyrese helped them with their marriage. I think that Tyrese and Gia were just friends. And I think Emmy got jealous because his conscience thought that he his wife might do to him what he did to her. So there's that. Mm. Speaking of what he did is that he did to his wife and who he did to his wife, that was Erica Mena. She has come out, I was talking about it last week and saying she hasn't apologized, but she's actually now come to apologize for the comments she made about Spice. So context, she and Spice, who's the um, dance hall artist, had an argument while they were f filming Love and Hip Hop. She called Spice a monkey. Mm. Not just a monkey, but then started making monkeys, monkey noises. Um, but she she's come out, she issued an apology via TMZ. So this is what the apology says. I deeply regret my insensitive comments and want to humbly apologize to anybody I hurt or offended by my thoughtlessness. My choice of words was wrong and I take full responsibility for what I said. I am committed to listening to the voices of those affected and will work towards making, making amends. As a woman of colour... <laughs> I had to pause, you can take that in. As a woman of colour and the mother of two black children... I want to make it clear that my use of that word was not in any way racially driven. That said, I do understand the gravity of what I said and want to use my platform to promote inclusivity and equality. Sincerely, Erica Mena. Obviously, my thing is, yeah, when you when you say so, when you do something to somebody, yeah, isn't that the person you should be apologizing to? Because I didn't see Spice's name up in this at all. And I just thought, you know what, whatever in it. Because obviously I told you guys last week she's been dropped from Love and Hip Hop. She's also been dropped from another show she's got coming up um, later on this year. She's losing money left, right and centre, essentially. Her bag has been stopped. And so I guess she felt to apologise, which is fair. However, someone commented and said, did she apologise to you for bringing up your child? So context, Spice brought up Erica Mena's parenting and said, this is why your son don't like you. And I'll be honest with you, I first thought that was a low blow and I thought anything that comes after that 
was just going to be what it was. Um, so, yeah, someone asked if Spice apologised to Erica, and she said she never will have the guts, unfortunately. I said, ah, so that's why. That's why her, ish, her apology is to the public who reacted and, t and felt triggered by what it was that she said. It's not necessarily to Spice, but I think she and Spice should apologise. I, I personally think Spice should also apologise to her because there was no need to bring up someone's parenting. But Spice knows how she feels about her kids and whatnot. You can't do that and then start acting shocked when someone cusses you back. Obviously not making monkey sound. That's just a different level of anti-blackness within your spirit. But yeah, man, she's apologised. Um, what else do I have for you today? Hold on. Oh, and Black Excellence. Black Excellence, we talked about her. Well, we, she was in the clip we played earlier on Topic of the Day. Uh, Kelechi Okafo. And she has a new book. Oh, so pretty. Edge of oh, there here. it is. Edge of Here. And essentially, it's a compilation of um, different sh um, short stories. Mm. Check it out. Get it. It says, stories from near to now. Um, and... A quick description of it, it says in the in the book, it says, enter a world very close to our own, one in which technology can allow you to explore an alternative love life with a stranger, a world where you can experience the emotions of another person through a chip implanted in your brain, and one where you can view snippets of a distant relative's life with a little help from your DNA. And um, it's amazing. I'm really, really here for it. I'm really excited to read it because she was on um, the Receipts podcast and she kind of talked, she gave like a couple of the storylines of two mm -hmm. of the stories, juicy stuff, juicy content. I was like, yeah, I need to read that. So big up Kelechi, congratulations on your amazing book. And you can get that, I believe, from all your usual bookstores, WSB and Waterstone, all them places, so. Book launch was good yesterday. Book launch was good. Yeah. Do you know how sick that was? She went to the Peckham yeah. protest, <laughs> got dressed, and I went to a book launch. You know what's funny? Yeah. Love a queen. On the live, yeah, a security guy came up to her and was like, yo, you don't need to go. For you're going to be late. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Brent. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to be there. No, really? He saw her on the yeah, live. Yeah, he saw her on the live. Oh, then yeah, he came yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, girl, we've got to go. Yeah, Big up yeah, her, man. But how was it, you said? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, Richie hosted it. Uh, Richie Brave. Nice. Um, Richie, I was going to say, you've got Sunak. Sunak. Got better things to worry about. He's the economy. When you said Rishi, I was like, bro, them big draws there. You got Rishi Brave. Yeah, I mean, the people who came out to support her, like, they, all of them kind of lined up afterwards Aww. to get the book signed. Oh. That's amazing, and man. Each time it is, it will come up to, to the front of the, the table. Yeah. <laughs> See, you never know who you're inspiring, man. It was crazy. You never know who you're inspiring. But mm. now, big up Kelechi, man. She she does a lot for the community. She really does. She speaks up for people that need to be spoken up for. And, big mm. up. and she gets a lot of backlash for it. I don't know how she does it, but she keeps going. I, like, I, I, I was watching her stories and stuff, and she was saying about um, people, she, people need to stop sending her stuff. Like, traumatic stuff. Do you get mm. me? Because she was like, a lot of times, yeah, I'm going to see these things. So she was like, unless there's something that's happening to you personally... Mm. You don't need to send it to me. And that's so true because people that, um, like her, Dr. Shola, like the black women that are always at the forefront fighting for this matter and this matter and speaking up for the voiceless mm -hmm. and stuff like that, people people don't ever do a wellness check on them, see how they're doing. Do you know what, I mean? what kind of day they're having for you? Just dump on them kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, but again, she sees, she's, Kelechi sees a lot of things. She raises awareness about a lot of things. She talks about the whole 
that witch that was out here killing babies for, for the fun of it. Mm. Jamie, she talks about a lot of things. So big up Kelechi and she deserves this success. And so check out the book. And yes. Edge of Here is called. Anyone asking, is it going to be on Audible? Yes. Um, it's already been recorded. So yes. that's going to be coming soon. Well, buy the book in the meantime. And then do the Audible as well. Support black businesses. Straight. <laughs> all right. That is all from me. Let's get into the People's Journal. All right, people, welcome to the People's Journal, where I give you the news from an economics point of view. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about, I haven't got much to talk about today. Um, breaking news, the UK economy contracted, man, by 0.5% in July. A lot of people were kind of um, surprised. They didn't think that um, it would you know, happen like this, especially to this degree. Um, but the ONS have come out and basically said that um, the broader picture looks much more positive. You know what I'm saying? So the economy is growing across services, production, construction sectors in the last three months. So overall, things are, are getting better. So let's not be kind of too disheartened by um, those figures for July. Um, next thing I wanted to mention, something that I said to you guys yesterday about Apple's new phone, man. So the new iPhone 15, well, it's not out yet, but it was unveiled yesterday. Uh, you know, that is it like an annual launch that Apple do, isn't it? No, yeah. It's, yeah, whenever they have a phone, they do a whole yeah, yeah. rigmarole. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they were talking about the new um, iPhone 15. They're talking about... You know, Apple Watch is what as well. Are you guys going to be getting anything? No, no man, I'm trying not to just what is it? Um, not capitalism, consumerism. Consumerism. Mm. I'm trying to be a victim, and I just got one <laughs> the other month. The oh, 14. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you don't need to. I'll catch up with the 17 or the 18, I think. To be fair, what they're saying, there are a few changes here, but nothing that you barely, really, there's yeah. hardly any changes in these things. Yeah. Well, what they're saying is, that, um, obviously, the, the, the charger port that we talked about yesterday, oh, yeah, that's changed. Um, so Apple have got like an adapter thing that they've released as well, which they're charging. Of course, they were, why wouldn't they release it? <laughs> they're charging twenty nine pounds for that adapter. Yeah, adapter. Right? I bet they are. <laughs> um, they're also saying obviously the iPhone fifteen is gonna have a brighter screen. It's gonna have an improved camera. They um, say that every time. Of course, it's got a titanium frame this time. Mm. I could not. Well done. <laughs> um, I could not. Like well done on spending money. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's also like. <laughs> <laughs> It's got an action button. So you know on, on you guys' iPhones, yeah? Yeah. You know got like a mute button, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So basically that's now an action button. So they're copying Samsung basically. Where you can <laughs> you can assign that button to do something else. So for example, on mine, yeah, I, I press that button, it just goes straight to Spotify. But ours is a click. Yeah. Ours goes down. Yeah, they, I think they've changed that whole thing. So maybe it might just be a button that you press instead of a swipe. Thing. They're being dramatic, man. That works well for me, because how else am I gonna mute my phone? Some other things. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, they're saying the new Apple Watch is going to feature like gesture gesture control as well, so you can double tap it and like with two fingers and like on the same hand, and then that's going to do certain things like end calls, answer calls, and things of that nature. Do you know what I find the wildest? Mm. You no, know, I used to buy phones and earphones came with it. Yes. They tried to talk about they're bringing out AirPods now, so now you got to buy the AirPods separately. This is wild to me. They always find ways, man. They always find ways. So crazy now. Because I thought not including earphones and stuff was wild enough. Now mm. the charger's never been included. <laughs> so what are we going to buy next? The back of the phone next? Basically. Build your own phone. <laughs> so silly, man. And the last thing I wanted to mention is basically the, um, the head of BP. He's, he's resigned, man. He's resigned. Basically, they're looking into his personal relationships with colleagues. So yeah, apparently this, this is a lot of these allegations happened prior to him taking on that particular role. 
but he is admitting that you know there, there was no full transparency. You know, I, mean? I didn't tell them. I didn't tell you guys about my about my relationships with these other colleagues, plural. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I understand. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, people are getting onto him because it's like, wait a minute. Like just last year, you got a ten million pound bonus. I, I do not speak it. Do not so mad because I just thought all these people that were mm. doing things with him. I hope they got some kind of benefits because <laughs> I can't be at the same salary. <laughs> And the owner's my boyfriend. That's wild. Well, that was prior to his rise. So, <laughs> 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 so you know what I mean? <laughs> they should have stayed with him. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, man, so it's, it's not looking too good for him. Um, something similar happened to another guy um, uh, who was part of CBI. And basically, he, he had to step down as well because of some sexual harassment allegations by 13 women. You know what I'm saying? So I guess it's just brings forth that conversation about people abusing their power and things of that nature. Um, to, you know. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the People's Journal today, man. And friendly, you have a link in here. Oh yes, thank you Brent for reminding me. All right, so guys, firstly I want to big up um, somebody in the chat called Buffy Baylor, right? And she's an account manager working for Amazon. Big up you, girl. Yeah, man, black excellence. And I basically, Oh, is it? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Kind of a clap, you know, that never worked. Yeah, we, we, want, we, want, we, wanted, we wanted to give her, you know, some accolades. No, man. we is French, you did that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I'm excited. <laughs> Just change your name in the chat. <laughs> That's stretching it. So basically, she emailed, right? And mm -hmm. she was like, Hi, team. Love the work you're doing, and I'm a daily listener. After today's great episode, that was yesterday, right? I thought it'd be right for me to pass this along so you can share with the community. And basically, Amazon, they're doing like a. Um, they're working alongside the Prince of Trust and they're doing like a Black Founders Marketplace Fireside Chat and Networking event, right? So basically the Fireside Chat and Networking event is a combination of a three-day event that included a development day and market and a marketplace days, pardon me, and marketplace days for black-owned businesses from the Prince's Trust Enterprise Program. And this is across the UK, right? So there's a link that Brent's put on the screen. I'm going to pin it. He's going to pin it, right? And um, yeah, man, if you're interested... You know what I mean? Like, check it out, man. There's a lot of good initiatives, initiatives there that can really help propel some people who've got that, you know, idea and mind for business. Do you know what's so funny? You know how we're talking about in the topic of the day how people use the whole black-owned tag? Yes. When it came to that corporate stuff, it was more, it was more about, the words was more um, diversity and stuff like that now. Mm -hmm. But love companies, with black sales, man, that's why black people actually, we have to do for ourselves. <laughs> Because now all these companies using black. Back in the day, if that was suggested, they would have been shaking in the in the boots. Yeah. You don't have to talk to HR about why it is you wanted to highlight the word black. Mm -hmm. And now when they're doing these initiatives, it's like, yeah, black this and black da da da. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, man. If you are interested, at least take advantage of what's going on, man. This you know what I'm saying? Because there are some black people there, benevolent black people there in, in certain positions who really do want to open up doors for us. You know what I'm saying? So let's make sure it's not in vain. We got them. And that's it for the People's Journal. Nice. Well, it's Wellness Wednesday, so let's get into all of that. Ready, man. It's nearly Monday again. That's how I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Again, Danielle has upgraded things. Love it. One of the complexities of human nature is that we often experience more emotions than we're consciously aware of. 
There's an underlying river of feelings coursing through our bodies, maybe of anger, disappointment, resentment or fear, that lie low, unacknowledged, because we're too busy to make sense of them, or too embarrassed to accept them. These feelings stay submerged largely because they're uncomfortable, conflicting with societal norms or too difficult to process. We often ignore and don't acknowledge our genuine emotional state. We might feel hate when we feel hurt. We might feel sad when we're actually overwhelmed by confusion or disappointment. These complex layers of emotions often mask our true feelings, making it difficult for us to understand ourselves, let alone articulate these sentiments to others. Mental unwellness stems from an accumulation of unfelt feelings, turning to anxiety and paranoia, depression and worse. So how do you know how you're feeling? How do you listen to the answers? It's important to dedicate time daily to look within and ask, what am I experiencing emotionally at this moment? To do this effectively, find a quiet place, dim the lights, close your eyes and let the depth of your question vibrate within you. Press yourself to dig deep, asking, what is the root cause of this anxiety? Our bodies know when we are avoidant and we fall prey to aches and pains. When we are sad, some of the grief finds its way into our shoulders. When we feel fear, our lower vertebrae can hold our terror. But our organs lack eloquence, and they can't explain how terrible a relationship is, or how bad our day was. Our body has a conscience, and it won't let certain things go. We are masters at looking past low-level depression and anxiety. But when our back aches, it's telling us something, and our stomach will not keep quiet. So ask yourself, what's my body feeling? Imagine if your back could speak, what tales would it tell? How are your shoulders feeling? What about your feet, hands or neck? By investing a bit of our time in this introspective journey, we can loosen the burdens of suppressed emotions and can become better at knowing how we truly feel. By putting words to our emotions, we can communicate our authentic selves without confusion, not only to ourselves, but the people we love. Today, let's thank our bodies for keeping us honest but let's take the burden of memory off them and learn how to use our words. Nice. Thanks, Danielle. All right, let's get into our interview. Okay, so you've already got a peek of at, um, at our guests. Um, we've got... Femi Oyeniran with us. You guys know him from film The Kidulthood, um, Adulthood, Anotherhood. Um, he's also directed It's a Lot, The Intent. Um, also, is a co-founder of Fan Studios Production Company and an online streaming service called uh, so online streaming platform called The Drop. We've got a legend, basically. We've got a legend. Quite a long story short, we've got a legend. No thanks. Hello. Thanks for having me, man. Thank How are you. you? Like you lot are the best. Like this is like you know. Aww. Do you know what's mad? Like we're having deep, deep debates first thing in the morning, and it's only <laughs> dawned on me that it's morning now. Like I'm like, yeah. like it's actually. I looked at the time. I'm like, raw. It's actually morning. People morning. are messaging me saying good morning. I'm like, raw. Because I feel like we are in a day like right now. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for having me, man. Well, thank you for coming. We appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I like I like a robust debate and all of that. So yeah, it's been good and, and like, you know, I love the fact that the stuff that you guys are talking about is is like I like the nimble nature of the conversation. Like yeah. these are the things that are going on right now. Like mm -hmm. and we can have those discussions within the community. And I think mm -hmm. there needs to be like, you know, sort of 
spaces like this and this space needs to be elevated because actually it's really important that we are sort of in control of these conversations mm -hmm. yeah. rather than like those conversations are being had about us do you know what i mean yeah. so yeah so thank you man thanks for letting me jump in because uh, listen i've got an opinion about everything <laughs> we love that we love that well, how are you though i'm good man i'm a yeah. bit tired like i've not really been sleeping that much because um obviously we've got this new film coming out trapping mm -hmm. and so like when i've got stuff i'm like wired like i'm like just awake mm. i don't go to bed till late and then i wake up mad early I've been trying to like jog in the morning so that I can sort of process stuff. Yeah. Because I'm blatantly not getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I feel good. Like, it's and good. also when you have something that you're doing, like mm -hmm. a purpose or like you're trying to get out a film, launch yeah. a platform or whatever, you, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You sort of, um, it, it drives you. Like, yeah. you know, there's adrenaline. Like, like, you know, yeah. like I'm gassed to be here. Like, I'm yeah. like, I'm Let's like, go. and then I'm, I'm, you know what I mean, and yeah. then, and then obviously I'm gonna miss it when I'm not busy again, mm. and like it's the quiet work, yeah. the writing, and all of that stuff mm. is exciting, but it's not as exciting as come, getting up in the morning and coming to see you guys. I've got a question for you. Mm. When's the last time we done some filming together? Um, when, do you remember when it was? We did the evolution of Black British music. Yeah, that's it. When was that? I don't even know. Last year, two so, years ago. Ages ago, isn't it? No, two years ago. Last year or two years ago. Trapping wasn't in the works when you was doing that, was I it? made that before. Mm. You know where he's going with this? Yeah, I made huh? that before. No, no. I'm, I know where he's going. I made that before. I made that Get before. Him. I made... <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So this is the thing. This is what... I no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but this is what... This is what everyone... This is what everyone doesn't get. I don't put things out in order sometimes. Like, And also, like, with... With projects like Trapping, they're independent. We're completely controlling them. And so it's sort of like... I control... I pick the date that trapping was going out mm -hmm. and i pick like you know i'm like oh you know we're gonna go for this date okay. and and then i'll talk to my team and the team are like that's not a good date or that's a great day or do you know what i mean mm -hmm. so like it's always like done like I, I have a lot more control on certain projects whereas the evolution of black british music uh, i think you shot that for me in january or february 2022 you came down to the um, West End. Mm. You did, your interview was in the West End. Yeah, yeah. So 2022, I'd already made Trapping like a year before. Okay. And but the evolution of Black British music went out in July or August 2022. So you're trying to say there was just no way to write me into the movie? No, no, saying. Trapping was done. By the time I saw you there that day, <laughs> Trapping was done. Trapping was done in 2021. Oh, wow. And like, I was just waiting for the right time. And then okay. I wanted like... I knew I was going to do the drop, mm -hmm. but I was re researching the technology to make the drop mm -hmm. and like what I wanted to use and how I wanted to do it. And then I needed to raise additional funds to do it the way I wanted to do it. Even like the way I did the premiere, it wasn't even really a premiere. It was like a music event, okay. stroke pre premiere. And it was like, you know, just trying to figure out what to do and how to do it yeah. in, a, in a bespoke way mm -hmm. took me time. Whereas like with like Evolution... I make the show, I give it to a TV channel. I'm making another show right now, like, that's okay. going out next month. Nice. Like, literally, it's going out in October. Um, It's called Drunk History, Black Stories, and that's nice. got um Julie Adenu, guys. Oh, I've seen that, that with Tolly. Yeah, and Marvin. Yeah, yeah and Marvin Marv, and, yeah. Tol and Tolly, like, and... um. Hemma, maybe? He's no. got Hemma, he's got... um. No, no, I'll tell not, you. Not... Zizi? Zizi. Yes. So, so, we, so that show is really interesting. So it's narrators mm -hmm. and they tell a story of a historical black event or historical black figure. Yeah. And those narrators 
then then as they're telling the story, do voices of like what the so for instance, one of the characters is Fumilayo Ransom Kuti, who's mm-hmm. fellow Kuti's mom. Mm-hmm. Well, she was like a revolutionary back in the day. And so then like someone would do Fumilayo Ransom Kuti's voice. And then we get actors to act out scenes based on the narrator's voices. It's kind of it's mad. Yeah. But um so ZZ is one of the narrators. So is um so is we've got ZZ, Michael Dapper, Sophie Ducar, a guy called um um more Marvin, you know, yeah. Tolly, and then um, Darkwa. Darkwa, that's it. Darkwa, and there's one more person who are, I'm forgetting, they shouldn't kill me, but I can't remember who that person is. But yeah, so that's that's basically that, and that's coming out in October. But I'm making mm. that now, like do you know. So the order doesn't make sense. It's like artists when you make music. Mm. Some artists by the time Koji the tune Radical. comes out, they don't like um Koji, Koji Radical. Radical. Yeah. By the time the, the the music comes out, you're like, oh, that's old. I'm a better mm. rapper than that now. Oh, I don't even like that tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like do you know what I mean? Like I was trying to do do put together the soundtrack with Abra under mm. the um a tune. And um, the producer was like, oh, if we give you this tune, because you know when they do the swap deals, it's like, if we give you this tune, can you give us this tune to release on our, like, for our situation? I was like, I don't like that tune. Is it for trapping? No, it it was, yeah, it was for trapping, but yeah. he was like, no, no, I don't want to put out that tune. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you just don't yeah. know, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't know what order. So, like, in terms of, like, content, mm-hmm. we shoot in, like, like, they're for different platforms and we shoot in different order. So you're going to be in the next film. That was my long way of saying... You heard saying, it here first. <laughs> that was the longest way ever you of saying... It, you heard it here You're going to be in the next film. And you got receipts as well. Uh, I got receipts. Right. This is like a long piece. receipt. Time you can clip it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the longest receipt ever. I was going to say, I think it's so cool how trapping was done in 2021. Because you know sometimes with certain films, it's relevant to what's happening then. So I feel like the fact that you made that in 2021 and you don't feel like the message or what it's about will be outdated. I think that's... You know what it is? You, you. you almost... There's two things, right? You almost have to make timeless films. Yeah. Or you make films that try to predict the future. Okay, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So, like, if you make a... Ti- like, that's why a lot of films, they're about love, they're about power, they're about, mm. like, just simple emotions. Like, most films, right? Yeah. Because that, that is relevant in timelessly, mm-hmm. right? And in terms of, like, what Chaplin's about, in terms of county lines... Mm-hmm. That existed like 20 years ago. That yeah. exists like, you know, they, it might go in the news, come out of the news, all mm-hmm. of that. But drug use and all of that stuff, what like, you know, it's always been pre- prevalent. And yeah. so in a way, like, I don't think I could have held it any longer than now. Yeah. That's what, that's part of the reason I put it out now as okay. well. I was going to wait a little bit, but I don't think I could have held it any longer because I, I it would have just got dated. It would have started to look dated. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So the intent one, I shot in 2014 and put it out in 2016, right? Mm. And that was the, I think these are like the longest gaps you can put because I had the intent again, I was shot in 2014 and it was ready in 2014, but I was just sitting and waiting for the right. Sometimes you just have to chill and like not rush, like, and just not panic and Mm. and just wait for the right situation to to really, especially when you control it. Mm -hmm. So like with the intent, trapping, all of those, I control. They're my films. Like I, I sort of control it. Whereas, like when I make programs for TV channels and stuff, I don't control it. They put it out when they want. I'm so sorry. Speaking of rushing, right? I rushed. <laughs> so we have a game we play with all our um, lovely guests. Yeah, do it. Let's do it. So basically, <laughs> I like that. See, it's a Nigerian blood. He doesn't I'm even know what it is. So let's do it. I know he's gonna win as well. 
So basically, we're going to ask you questions. Um, some of them are factual. They have actual answers. And some of them are like this or that. Do you mean I'm Netflix not, I'm or not actually good at general knowledge, but this is good. I'm rooting for you. Yeah, go for it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> terrible at general knowledge. I'm good at speaking broadly about an idea, okay, yeah. not specific information. Hopefully it won't be too hard. All right, let's go. And it's over 140 beat. Oh, right. Yeah. Grime. Grime, yeah. Yes, sir. Do I have to rap it or something? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever done that before. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's old school garage. That's not even grab. Need to, ooh, ooh, that's... <laughs> I need to get my grind back. So we're going to go this way, right? Yes. Yes. Just making sure. All right, where are we starting from? Bottom. Okay. All right. All right. Three, two, one... What was Mufasa's son's name in the Lion King? Can't remember. What African city means lakes in Portuguese? Ankara. No, that's Turkey. That's in Turkey. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, Adam Deacon or no clock? Neither. What temperatures does water boil at? Oh my gosh, I want to say 100, but no. Okay. Name one of Uganda's neighboring countries. Rwanda. Young Thug or Gunner? <laughs> Trick question. I would have say Young Thug because I would have be down with a man them. <laughs> what is the chemical symbol for silver? I can't remember. What postcode does most of Rough Squad come from? E3, that's easy. TikTok or Instagram? I want to say TikTok because I want to be down with a youth, but. What's the most populated country in the Caribbean? Cuba. You got that right, sir. I think you're the only one that got that right. Yeah, you are. Yeah. No one's ever got that. I mean, you got it from Ghost Wong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious, isn't it's it? E3, but it's hilarious. It's hilarious. You got 100 degrees right as well. Yeah. The water. Yeah, then he said no. You got you got the best best ones. You should give me all your questions next time. <laughs> all the Marx questions, I'm on it. But um, the African city that means lakes in Portuguese is actually Lagos. Okay. I learned that as Lagos. I read it. I That's where it came that. from, yeah. Yeah, I did not know Interesting. that. Interesting. That's cool. Um, you're definitely one of our like favourite guests. but No, but give me the, the answers. The... Give me the... Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> give me the answers. So what was Mufasa's son's name in Lion King? Simba. Simba, yeah. I don't know why I said that. I don't know. Um... I could have just said Simba like, and be wrong. Like, do you know what it was? Because there were no other sons in there Lion no King. <laughs> like, this is like dumb. He like, was this the main is, character. Like, it's the grime. I was listening to the music. It was putting me off. Like, it's basic. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what other sons are I there in Lion King? You didn't even try. You, no, like, you, know know. you know, like, in Lion King, are there any other sons? No. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, Mufasa's the only one for is you. Is there any one yeah. bro? No one's got a youth, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was being basic. It's the pressure. The pressure. Yeah, you didn't even try. The pressure was getting worse. Chemical symbol for sim silver is AG. Okay, cool. I don't even remember that. Did we do Shikari? We didn't do Shikari. Yeah, you got Cuba right. That was it. Is it? Yeah. The other ones were trick questions. Yeah, young thugger. I can't Ghana. believe I didn't get Simba. That is basic. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was <laughs> That's like, that. you know, Lion King, I haven't watched that one in Nigeria. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was still in Lagos with that one. I watched it bare times. You should well. remember that. There's a lot of Listen, dogs there's no in sons in Lion King. There's only one son. There's only one. That's basic. One. <laughs> do you know what's mad though? You see like, do you know what's mad about Lion King? I swear, yeah. The girl is his sister. Sorry? His so, wife? Uh, no. Simba. Yeah. Yeah, the girl is rolling with, yeah. The dad is the only one that's got all the women. 
The girl he's running with. You see the bad guy? Oh. Nala. Princess Nala. Yeah. Is that her oh, yeah. name? Nala, yeah. Yeah, so the, 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 the dad, what's his name? Mufasa. Mufasa. Mufasa yeah. He's got bare wives. He's got all the mm. lionesses, yeah? Oh, yeah. Because Scar didn't have any lionesses rolling with him. That's true, you know. That's true. Animal incest. Have you breathed that? No. Mm-hmm. You've ruined it now. You've ruined my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, did Scar have any... Like, there weren't that mm. many lions, yeah? yeah? He was too busy trying to take so over. So my man had the pride, yeah? He was the king of the pride, mm. yeah? Yeah. So, Scar wanted to be the king of the pride. Scar was with his, like, he was with, like, the, the, the dark-looking yeah. things, yeah? The hyenas. His whole thing was dark. Like, his yeah. space was dark, everything. And so, where, 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 where did Nala come from? Where was her mom and dad? Mm. Damn. Game of Thrones thing. <laughs> Someone might be able to explain it. I'm intrigued. Maybe there's people online that. To be that... fair though, Disney was very is very twisted though. When you watch certain Disney things and mm. you come to because there's a guy on TikTok actually, and that's his thing. He does like little facts. So even some of the films like Frozen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Some of them, their mums weren't like the earlier. Is Frozen? She wasn't a water one. One of them water girls. Her mum's like Ariel or something like that. Because it could basically what Disney does is they have like little glimpses in yeah. a movie that will show you where this character has mm. really come from. But obviously, mm. they will never vocally say her mum is Ariel. I think it's, it's really, really cool TikTok he does. It's really, really cool. It's clever. Yeah, he's very clever. Well, yeah, I want to know what he does about Nala and, and Simba. <laughs> and Simba. That's interesting, actually. I didn't never thought of that. But, um, all right, nice. So I wanted to know, actually, how you got started in the industry. So you were born in Lagos? I was born in the uh, rivers. <laughs> In Portuguese, I was born in Lagos. Love that. And um, yeah, so yeah. Um, I moved there when I was 10 years old. And then yeah. I started, went to an open audition when I was 17. And okay. I got a part in Kidod. And then I've just built my career from there. And wow. and, and that's it. That's, that's my story. That's amazing. I love that. How did you get into the, what made you go? Did you, have you always wanted to be an actor? Um, I wanted to be rich when I was young. Yeah. Um, I remember my friend's dad. No, my friend's dad. <laughs> my friend's dad. Asked me, like, my yeah. friend's dad was like, oh, I stayed at their house one time mm-hmm. and he was dropping me and his son to school. Mm-hmm. And he's gone to me, oh, yeah, um, what do you want to do when you're older? I said, I want to be rich. And the mm-hmm. guy was like, that's not a job. I was like, I was almost disappointed that yeah. you just couldn't be. I remember I was young. I was maybe like 11, 12. I yeah. was almost like, what do you mean? Like, if I was a business, because in my head, if you're a businessman, mm. Whatever business you do, you're just rich. Like, that's what I want to do, right? Yeah. And then um, I realized that the guy was like, no, you need a job. I was like, okay, cool. And then I started researching jobs. Mm-hmm. And then one day I How saw... How old were you? Um, How old were you when this was happening? I wasn't researching like that. We okay. didn't have the internet or nothing. Okay. Remember, the internet was about, but it wasn't really yeah, it about. Wasn't, it, it was like dial-up, yeah? So like I'm talking like 20, 20, 20, like 2001, 2002, these times. Um, maybe even earlier. So ninety eight, ninety nine. I was in. I was started secondary school in ninety eight. So um, anyway, cut a long story short. I was like, I'm gonna be a barrister because that's a good job. Yeah. People respect it. And they get paid. And you get paid. Yeah. That's right. And then um, over the years, I did go on to study law at uni. Over the years, I was like, oh, do you know what? I really liked acting, but I didn't see it as a career that you could go into. Yeah. And then. You know, the opportunity came up to do an open audition for Kid mm-hmm. at my old college. So it wasn't like I was intentional in acting. That, yeah. yeah, I wasn't really. I was intentional about being a barrister. Like, yeah. I'm quite, Why would you have done acting to like it in school? Isn't it? Yeah, school, outside of school. Mm-hmm. I went to like, there was this thing. I, I grew up in, in Holloway in Islington. Mm-hmm. And so there was this thing called 
this was big for people from my ends as well. Like from Islington that went to Islington primary schools and secondary school, there was this thing called Summer University mm -hmm. and it was at the London Met. And um, it was basically, I reckon they got loads of funding because I think one of the sponsors was McDonald's or something. <laughs> Back to um, <laughs> investing in the community. So like they got loads of funding mm -hmm. for kids to go to university for the summer. And they had just like activities that you could sign up to. They had like bare activities. Oh, wow. And so like every kid, and that helped because it meant that I met kids from like Highbury Grove that mm -hmm. grew up in Islington. So yeah. it was like kind of, they promoted it in, pri in the primary schools. And then they did it for two years, I think. They did another year where they promoted it in the secondary schools. And then the funding went and they didn't do it again. But I, I did like drama in summer university i yeah. did like just drama like every drama thing i could do outside of school mm -hmm. i was doing that you didn't really have to pay for yeah. do you know what i mean because yeah. like my parents weren't trying to do like i was i wasn't even asking my mom could you pay for me to be a drama guy like that's it didn't make <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean it was you know sometimes kids are like my parents wouldn't let me it wasn't even in my mind to go to my mom, mom, I want to go to acting class, pay me. I didn't even know that was a thing like that mm -hmm. you could do. So that's how I got into acting was like school. Like I was acting at any given opportunity mm -hmm. outside of school. That was free. Mm. Not because I wasn't even poor. Like I realized I wasn't poor because sometimes when my friends talk about how poor they were, like I'm like, no, nah, I wasn't that poor. I wasn't that poor yeah, like yeah. people like, oh, I didn't have no food and this. And I'm like... And then toothpaste, would it have toothpaste? I'm like, no, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't that poor. Like, we always had what we needed. Mm. Yeah. My, my parents always gave us what we needed mm -hmm. and just that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, they they weren't, you had one yeah, trainer. You weren't having like five crep. Like, you know what it is? You had the one yeah. solid trainer, one solid shoe. You had the like, mm -hmm. they just gave you what you, there wasn't excess. There yeah. wasn't room for excess. Mm -hmm. But what you never did was lack. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we had um, a Johnny Salmon and Danny Mosley. That's what I'm here. Like, oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. because Could someone was yeah. batting me up on Twitter. They added <laughs> me, like they were like trying to grab my name. You don't need to dig up that tweet. Someone added me on Twitter. Yeah, I remember that. Like, there was, I'm sitting in my house one day. Yeah? Your business. And I'm like, I don't even tweet like that. I'm scared of Twitter, you know, because I'm quite opinionated. Oh, yeah. And if you don't know me like that, you don't can get, get robbed the wrong way. Because yeah, yeah. I'm like, if you like, if you're like, why is this brother chatting like this? Who does he think he is? And I tweeted something one day, yeah, and I almost got cancelled. Ever since then, I've been scared yeah, of Twitter. Nope. Huh? You said nope. I'm no, no, no. I've not touched it again. I've not touched. It. And I like I had people like getting onto me, like people really? in the industry that were my brethren. And this was about four or five years ago. I've Yikes. not I've not tweeted since really. But when I <laughs> see people at me, sometimes I no, you know what? I thought about it for days. You know Seriously. that person added me. And what I was, did the person say? They were chatting about. I think you were talking about hood films or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And someone yeah. added me and said, "Femi, what do you think?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did that, yeah, and then I, I just chilled. I saw it, and then there was one that it was still bothering me. I'm like, this is still bothering you. I'm like, I've got time today, and I listed my bio for them because yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? You but I let you ask your question because, because literally, I like, like. <laughs> got a tag saying Femi would nah. you come the, on the podcast I said come on I was coming like because I spoke to you guys about it anyway yeah. I said I was going to forward anyway but then that person triggered me a little bit more because I was like I want to be someone from our community no no I hope it is no no I hope it is because you know what it's important to me we don't have big that I need to 
I need to defend myself because people like don't you can't chat on my name. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. I'm from ends. I don't have it. You know when you're brought up in ends? You don't have it. That's what I hate about being from ends, you know. What the one thing I hate about being I can't let nothing slide. It gets to me. I was off you know Michael Jordan, I was offended. Like I'm just offended. That's why I literally I hate you know what? What I hate about being from ends. I can't let no one boy me off. Mm. And and but sometimes you have to take a so boy you off. Have to. But I don't know how to. That's even it's a tricky thing. It's, it's so uh, the that literally because you're you know what? The way they raise you in the end, yeah, is that if you let someone boy you off, they'll just boy you off again, again. and yeah. again and again and again. You can't let so you either fight that person or you shut it down straight away. Or you just keep getting boyed off. Remember I had a Nigerian accent when I came to England. Mm. Mm. So I had to make sure you stood your ground. You have to stand your ground. Yeah. And that creates a weird mentality. It does. I need to let it go. It does. Especially, yeah. When, when you're like now in other different spaces. No, I can't let it go. It's so bad. It's such a bad trait that I w- the one thing I wish I wasn't brought up in the ends for was that, mm. like, that mentality that it's given me. Like, I just don't have it. But I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I don't. And there's been situations where Femi should have just had it. Yeah. <laughs> And it would have been better for everyone. But I'm like, no, 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 I'm not having you it. You had to respond. I'm not, I'm, I'm not having it. Now, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> but what's your question? Yeah, so... Go on. Backing off what the point I'd made. Yes. Um, so they were talking about, you know, I guess the difficulty in making a film. Obviously, um, I think I found the tweet. You found the tweet? Yeah, yeah. So it was off the back of, do black people exploit... Black um, trauma. Black trauma. And then somebody called Fabra Kadabra. Imagine that name. Can you imagine? <laughs> Trapping and all. Yeah, it is. Says, what you saying? Femi. And Femi you came saying? with the... Well. Hey, look. There's a litany. <laughs> I wrote an essay. No, that's too funny. I wrote though. an essay. I studied law, you know. I went to uni and studied law. I could write essays for you all day. I love that. This is I wrote an essay. I wrote like eight tweets. Oh, yeah, you went, a thread. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I did a whole thread. <laughs> All the guys said, "What are you saying?" I didn't even know how to do a thread. You know what? This is what this I'm point. saying. To be fair, you ask what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. But they were talking about um. So as I said, Ajani wrote Jimmy Wilde's black. That's my guy, man. That's my yeah. brethren. He was there at my screening last night. That's my oh, guy. Nice. I, I got a lot of time for him. Big up, man. And um, with Danny as well, she's talking about like you know like being an actress and how difficult it was. And you saying that you, I guess you went to every audition. Do you feel like your story was a uh, Hustle, struggle, story coming up. Especially Not really, because I didn't want to be an actor. Yeah, I was going to say, especially if you're looking more to the barrister route. I, I didn't want to be an actor. Like, yeah. this, is, I was 17, I went to an open audition, I got a row in acting. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think you could be an actor. Mm. I thought TV was another world. Because I didn't see no one from TV in my real life. There wasn't okay. Twitter where I could chat to them. Mm, yeah. I thought TV, I didn't... Like, you thought it was just a different world to yeah, I, yeah, like because I didn't live in that world. In yeah. my world, yeah... I didn't see people from TV. In my world, I saw like man them on push bikes. I saw like do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I saw like I didn't see that. I saw a couple man could play football from ends. But even then, I didn't know no one from ends that was a footballer till later on in my life. So it was mm. like for me, you you couldn't even be an actor. Yeah. Like, but these young people are growing up in a different world now where they want to be an actor from like 10. Yeah. yeah, and like the aspirations are different because they want to be they want to be TikTok stars. Yeah, because of what they've seen and what they yeah, can what like, what they've got access to. access to. Remember, we 
underestimate like what it was like growing up without internet, without all that information. My black brethren, yeah, didn't get internet till the, like 16. I had internet from like when I was about 13. So like 98, 99, yeah. yeah. But, and the reason I say my black brethren didn't get internet was because I was on MSN chatting to the Filipinos. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because my black brethren were not in that space. Yeah, yeah. They weren't in that space. My black brethren... Like, didn't have a computer. You know how funny that is? <laughs> didn't have a computer. Oh, shit, it's the Filipinos. No, I'm being real. My yeah. black brethren didn't have computers mm. in their, like, I remember my brethren come to my yard one time and they were like, oh, I'd like Napster and Kazan. And they're like, you got all these tunes. It blew their mind. Yeah. Because my black, I'm being real. Everyone in ends now, like, oh, everyone's got a phone. Everyone's, mm. but not everyone in ends in tw 2000 yeah. had a computer. Mm. Yeah, no chance. No that might not be blown with the fact about LimeWire. Yeah. yeah. Also blown that. Yeah. No, but was the same thing. Man didn't know what was going on. When they come to my yard and I got all this music. Exactly. They're thinking, what? What? Like, do you get what I'm saying? And so, like, you have to understand what technology has done to improve access to information yeah. and access to industries and the hustle and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And for me, obviously, there was a middle part of my career where, like, you know, it was a struggle where I didn't really know what I was going to do next. And, like, I didn't know, like... Like, I didn't know anyone in the industry. Like, mm. I was just in this industry. I had an agent, but I didn't even know how to communicate with my agent. Mm. It wasn't like I had a pushy parent mm. trying to, like, push like push me to do this thing. Yeah. My parents just wanted me to be successful. Like, mm. do you get what I'm saying? At whatever I did, my, my, my parents are not were not at the time trying to, like, make me do law. I chose to do law. I told you, that mm. story, like, with my friend's dad, like, I can't even remember, like, the man's name. Like, but that story with my friend's dad's... That's how I decided who I wanted to be when I grew up. Like, do you know what I mean? Because this man challenged my ideals on like, you know, like you want to be rich, but what's your job? Like, so you, don't would know, you... you don't know who you inspire. That man, wherever he is. Yeah. Like, God bless his soul. I know yeah. he's passed away. Like, but like, he, like but ultimately for me, yeah. that conversation was pivotal to me. Like, because mm. no one else had had that conversation with me yeah. about what I wanted to do. Whereas now... Like, my kid's been talking about what he wants to do for years. My kids are actors. Mm. Like, like because they want to be, not because I push them yeah, to be. My kid, one of my sons, uh, my younger sons come up to me. He's like, oh, do you know, like, do you know, like, um, Cosmo, he's got, like, a, like 30K followers on YouTube. I said, what? Like, one of my sons got a YouTube channel, yeah? I don't even know what it's called, yeah? He's got 30K followers, but I didn't even know he had a YouTube like that. Mm. His mum did, but then... <laughs> They didn't even read. Uh, we didn't you really. Didn't read that. It's got yeah. people. Like, and I've got. I said, show me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, show me. It. And they showed me. I'm like, Roy, he's got thirty thousand followers. I'm like, I've never had thirty thousand followers on YouTube. But how did you do it? Yeah. He's like, oh, I just do edits, like YouTube edits. I'm like, but what do you use? He's showing me all these things. This is my son, but he's grown up in a house where we're talking about edits all the time. Mm. I'm on Zoom doing edits, like, mm. or like I'm talking to editors. I'm shooting stuff. I'm doing that. And even like by him, it's like what you were saying, like by him being around me, mm -hmm. like the way he talks about business and yeah. film and da, 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 da. You'd know that this kid, uh, without me, I've not forced my, my you kids. You didn't even know he was doing I, Listen, I game. told my children, yeah, your only job is to go to school and do it well. Mm. Every other job, every other thing. You know, like, like one of them plays football and sometimes he's angry. I'm like, you know what? You know, if this is a problem and it's making you angry and upset and sad, you don't have to do it. It's not that yeah. deep. Like, just go to school, do well. Because I know going to school and doing well in school doesn't guarantee you a job. But what I do know is it gives you options. Because yeah. I've 
I've had options in my life yeah. throughout because I did well at school. Yeah. And so for me, that's what I want to guarantee for my kids. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, access to information is everything. And, and that's what, that's a game changer. And now we've got this endless access to information. The problem we've got now with the internet is filtering is that information. That's the word. How were you able to balance like studying and, and competing like your, your law degree and also being an actor? It's kind of weird because it wasn't kind of, it didn't really overlap. Okay. So okay. what happened was I did A-levels my second year mm. and I did kid out when I was 17. Okay. And I, um, it was in November, December of my final year of A-levels. But then I had exams. They used to do January exams and, and June exams. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I did really well. My, like, I did better in my January exams than the people that were actually at school. Mm, mm, like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I was revising on set. Like, I was on set just... Oh, nice. I like studying. Like, I like, yeah. I like knowing stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, some people are just inquisitive about yeah. the world. Like, yeah. you know, I'm one of those people. Mm -hmm. I want to know stuff. Like, I'll come in here. I'll be like, oh... What do you do? How does this work? I like yeah. to figure things out. Yeah. Some people just have brains like that. Other people, as I grow older, I realise, I used to think everyone was like that, but not everyone is like that. Mm -mm, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? But I'm very inquisitive. So in a way, school suited me mm. because I wanted to acquire information. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and loads of information about everything. I'm interested in loads of things. Yeah. So anyway, so I did A-levels, did well. And then I went to uni. I like got good grades, so I was gonna go to the London School of Economics to study nice. law, and yeah. so I did. Like, and then Kidhood came out two years after we made it. No, eighteen mm. months after we made it. So it was so like made in okay. two thousand and four. It came out in two at the end of my first year of uni. Oh. So it was came out in two thousand and six, yeah. and then I did adulthood in my final year of uni. That's sick. Mm. And so I was. It was again in like October of my final year of uni. And then it came out like a week or two after my graduation. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should just do acting. And I tried it and it was like hard. And I was like, this is dead. What was hard about <laughs> it? Because you need permission to do your job. Yeah. You need to go and do an audition and yeah. they might give you the role or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if I want to be an actor, yeah, you want to be a podcaster, mm -hmm. if you've got the equipment or you've got money to rent access to the equipment, yeah. you could be a podcaster. You could be a podcaster, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. actually yeah. not, you could be a bad one, <laughs> but you could be one. Yeah. There's no, there aren't that many barriers to entry. Mm. Whereas acting is a very it's much... a vetting process. Yeah, it's a vetting process and it's a curated mm. art form. Yeah. So like, Casting directors curate, directors curate, producers curate, and so it's a curate. If you want to be a rapper, you could just go and rap. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether you be popular or not. But the point is, you could do it. You Whereas do it if you want to rap, rap. acting, yeah, acting in a way actually, what has made acting easier and more accessible in a way is like social media, yeah. like those guys that do the skits and all of mm -hmm. that stuff. I think that's the new way to try to get Audition, into the industry yeah, is, yeah. because you can do that every day if you want. Mm -hmm. Damson Idris was on Vine. Before he done, like, he was a Vine star. Remember Vine? That, yeah, oh, I love yeah. Vine. So he was on Vine. Time. He was like, you know, Tom Mucci, he was on Vine. He yes. was popping, mm -hmm. like, on Vine. And so, like, that that's the kind of, like, easy access way into acting, I would say, that technology is allowed. Yeah. But outside of that, like, you know, it's a hard industry to, like, you can't just say, I want to be in Top Boy. Nice. Well, now you can't because it's finished. But before <laughs> that, <laughs> before that, you can't just I want to be, yeah. I'm an actor, I'm going to do Top Boy next. Mm. Nah, how yeah, how'd you do, do top yeah, boy? Yeah. yeah. 
curated art form. Every other art form you can do without permission, apart from acting. Do you feel like that's kind of made exp exponentially worse with the whole um, gatekeeping as well? No, it's completely gate like mm. gate kept. <laughs> mm. So like BBC is get. How do you get in a BBC drama, bro? Yeah, like like it like member with TV, especially TV, is a commission based. So unless your show is commissioned, it cannot get made. Mm -hmm. So you can go and make a show, but unless it's commissioned by the channel, they might not put it on. Yeah. They most likely will not put it on yeah. because they decide what the taste, what the direction of the channel is. Mm -hmm. So it's led from the top. Yeah. It's not led, it's not the ground up. But like what online, what the internet is allowing us to do is make films like Trapping because we feel like it, set up a platform and do it ourselves. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, for me, I don't see problems. I see, like, solutions. I, I see, like, actually, I feel like making a story about this. I really, like, you know, I'm really, like, abracadabra at the moment. I wonder if we could act. So let's get him to audition. He comes mm. in and he auditions. He's really good. Like, we'll put him in it. Mm. And, like, we'll make it happen. Like, oh, do you know what? I don't really want to put this on, like, someone else's platform this time. There's technology that allows me to put it on my own platform. Mm. And, I do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and so, like, I think... I think I don't see problems, man. Mm -hmm. You can't. Otherwise, you'd be depressed. <laughs> For real. Yeah. That's a word. So what platform is this released on? The Drop.Movie. Yeah. Okay, then. So I own it. Me and Nikki. Mm. Oh, so that's just their setup now, so you could just put all your movies on there. I could put whatever I want on there. Does it work or you have to like a, oh, a subscription right. or you just buy <laughs> the movie? transactional. Mm. But you just pay and you can watch. You pay and you can watch. Can you download it as well? You'd, well, yeah. Okay. You okay. pay to access. Mm. Do you want to get it in? Is it going into cinemas or anything? No. Do you want to do that? No. Simply because? Because I want to collect all the data of the information of the people that like my content. Oh. Powerful. Powerful. Fair play. Because ahead. cinema, if I put something in the cinema, mm. cinema is 70 30 on an independent film like mine. Mm. So they keep 70% of the money. So everyone's like, oh, they make money from popcorn. Mm. They only do that from Disney films. <laughs> you know how funny you are? <laughs> because Disney owns them. Mm. Disney owns... Dis like, if Disney says to the cinema, we're not putting our films out in your, in your cinema, they'll shut down. So for Disney, the deal with Disney the deal is different. It goes back to structural things that yeah. we're talking about yeah. again. Yeah. Everything fits in, right? Mm -hmm. And so the deal is different, right? For those like people the that... Household names, the big, big... Yeah. yeah? So then for people like me, if my film makes a mill in a cinema, I'm getting 300 bags back. And then the distributor takes a cut of that. So by the time the, the mill, you lot are like, yeah, Femi's film made a mill, he's rich. Da, 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 da. Mm. But really I've made like 50 to 100 bags, Mad. if that. Mm. And so it's like, actually, why don't I set on my own platform? Mm -hmm. And even um, if I make 50 to 100 bags, I'm also getting information about the people. Use. But all oh, if I make a million now, it's, it's a true million. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. Yes, exactly. Whereas be all like, it's a million that, you know, there's all like, there's... um. It's accounted for. There's service, there's companies like Stripe and this one that takes a cut and that one that... But it's still not 80%, exactly. 70%. Yeah. Or, and so for me, I just feel like when I talk about like building our own, like I'm really doing that. It's not really, it's not, yeah. it's not like a, 
It's not like... It's not a trendy thing to say. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I've always done that. All my films have been... Like, the intent we made ourselves. Like, the intent too, you know, all tea and that. I couldn't have got popcorn in it if it wasn't for tea. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I couldn't know. have. Like, I could... Like, factually... So it's like, it's built by the community. Like, it's like, I'm using my resources. I'm, like, I'm coming here because, like... I know the reach you have to my demographic. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Or like, I'll go on your podcast because I know you're speaking directly to the people I want to... Like, yeah. you, like, the thing is, you don't understand how important the infrastructure that you guys have. I want to do an event. Like, I'm going to, like, people within my community that can mm -hmm. help me put that together. Yeah. So, like, all, like, everything that I do, even though sometimes people don't like the subject matter, and we can get to that. Yeah. Like, the point is these things only exist because of black people because they're supporting me and that's what i love about what i do and that's why i hate when people moan about our community we don't do this we don't do that we don't do that the people that uplift me the most the people that have kept me going the people that helped me feed my children are our people yeah mm. yeah and True and so that. it makes me sad when we get into rubbishing us all the time yeah. the way we talk about us is not good like yeah. we should like because really the intent Every single person that put money in the intent was black. The intent one. Oh, was it? Yeah. Mm. All the investors, every single one was a black person. No film can say that. That has ever been made to that scale in the UK. Mm. We sick. did that. Yeah. We did yeah. that. Our community yeah. did that. Now, if you read the exec producer list, it's all the man them. <laughs> yeah, that's cold though. Same, man. That's sick. But for no reason, we've been limiting ourselves, you know, thinking that we can't do things alone. But we we are doing it, like, and yeah. um, and the thing is, for me, why I'm always confident is that actually, even if I reach less numbers, at least I know it's true. Like it's mm -hmm. true to my community. I'm not diluting my brand. I'm not diluting myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not like you know having to. Like I said, it's not just for black people. I don't make stuff just for black people. Yeah. Kid Out with Bangs because it's got loads of non-black people in it. Mm -hmm. Adam Deacon's not black. Mm -hmm. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, but he's like loved within the community. Mm -hmm. Like all of these people, like, do you know what I mean? That contribute to the culture and also that consume the culture mm -hmm. and not necessarily black. This platform, like, do you get what I'm saying? It's not just for black people. Yeah. If you if you're yeah. interested in looking at information from a black perspective is for you this is it, yeah. and yeah. so that's where we're at man but yeah the drop dot movie i completely own that it's my own platform pre-order the film we're gonna make other films the, our next film's called staycation yeah. and so it's gonna be a rom-com like do you get what i said come on there's stuff coming like yeah. but like we we Where's just have time? to we have to take time yeah. to build it, yeah. and like because we're building it from the ground up mm -hmm. ourselves yeah we need to remember that actually, like we're learning along the way as well. Mm -hmm. Like, do you get what I'm saying? I've never made a platform before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm still learning like how the platform should work. Yeah. I'm still learning how to do like just different things. And mm -hmm. so like, even if like people have got feedback, like just hit me, I'm, yeah. I'm accessible, man. I, I think we also need to stop belittling the power that exist within not even just black community within the working class community. Yeah. Good. Brent's fan NFT. And got NFTs attached to this too. Yeah. Oh, sick, sick, sick. sick. Oh, he likes NFTs. Yeah. <laughs>
collecting Taiko. I'm not sure if NFTs are it anymore, though. Never mind. Never mind. What are you doing? What are you doing? What's the utility of the NFT? I don't know. You do. You find out. You tell me, bro. I said, buy it. You tell me, You tell me, bro. This is a problem. The thing is, the thing is, I'll tell you why. Because, like, I thought, you know, I really wanted to do this NFT thing again. Mm. And then I bumped into Dumi, um, mm. um, Tiny Temper's old manager. Mm. So Dumi comes up to me, he's like, what are you doing this year? Like, like cause that's my guy, like, you know, bump into each other, I've conversation. goes, I'm putting out this film, Trapping. He's like, oh, you should do NFTs. I'm like, you know what? I've been thinking about NFTs, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah. But I know, like, it's a cool space that I really want to be in. And I feel like um, it can be applicable to film. And mm-hmm. so Dumi then introduces me to this company called Token Tracks that do NFTs. Mm-hmm. And so they minted the NFTs and like they've been doing all of these things for us. And so in a way, again, mm-hmm. even though Token Tracks is not a black owned company, one of the guys on the board is Dumi, Tiny Temper's old manager. Mm-hmm. That's like brought that into it. Like there's so many people that add value to what I do. Yeah. That, but, and I'm not scared to ask for help. I'm like, yeah. this is what I'm doing. How can you help? How can you help, yeah. All right, so... NFTs are going to be coming back in a very, very big way. But what needs to be solved is the mass adoption, right? And that is going to be solved very, very soon. Well, it has been solved already, but um, the masses don't know it yet. But that's going to be changing very soon. So the fact that is that you already have this particular mechanism Function. up and running, 100%, it's good. But the main aspect of these NFTs is its utility. And if it is that you're giving value within um, the utility of it, then people just see it as a membership card. You know what mm-hmm. So you don't need to understand the the possibilities and opportunities that the future education package of NFTs is going to tell everybody yet. But the fact that is you have this up is good. It's very, very good. I think it is, but you're reassuring me that it is. But I just still don't understand it. But mm-hmm. OTAT, the people that do, we've got <laughs> NFTs. We've got NFTs for you. We've got a drip on there. We've got merch. So the idea is I make a film, the drop, actually. Let me explain the drop properly. Mm-hmm. So we'll make a film. It's never going to have more than one project on it. You have to think about it as a trainer drop, like Yeezys or, I don't know, like Jordans or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll do a drop of the movie, but that's the only movie that's on that platform for that period of time until we do another drop. And then when we mm-hmm. do the next drop, that movie comes off the platform and that movie becomes a, the main drop. The idea is I'll probably do like three or four drops next year of movies, TV series, whatever. I'll do three or four drops. And then over time, I want to do a drop every month. Over time, I want to do a drop every week, just like Supremes or like, you know, yeah. anything that's hypey. And so, but the drop never stays on there mm. for a lot longer than the next drop. And that drop will have a soundtrack that should be spoke to it. We'll have an NFT, we'll have merch. We'll have um, challenges where you can win stuff by dip by doing stuff. We'll have the movie and we'll have a bunch of other stuff like that. You know, over time will develop. For mm. for me, when we met when we met um, Dame Dash, she told me that like, whenever you have anything, you have to have at least eight metrics of how you're gonna monetize that one thing. Mm. And so for me, I kind of tried to apply that to this. I don't have eight metrics, but I managed to get six. But like, ultimately, for me, I want to have. He, he said it's like an octopus. Mm. So if you're a rapper, what's the merch? What's the like book? What's the tool? 
mm-hmm. what's the this, what's that? There should be about eight ways of trying to monetize whatever that, that piece of creative doing. thing yeah. is. And for me, that completely comes from like the school of Dame. Like mm. literally sat with me and was ex- he explained it to me so many times. But the point is like, that's what I want the drop to be, a hub for like, you know, whatever piece of exclusive content mm-hmm. it is. So like with trapping, it will be exclusive to the drop for about um two or three months. And then it will probably come off and then it will go on all the other platforms. Okay. Sick. After that. But but trapping, you have to think of the drop mm-hmm. as the cinema. Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So usually a film comes out in the cinema yeah. and then it's not available anywhere else. Mm. For, so trapping is the cinema. Is that, yeah. 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 Okay. Because I was just about to ask you, is there like a an archive or something where you can kind of go back and be like, okay, I, I did miss trapping, but I need to watch it. Do you know I, what's bad? Do you know what's bad? That's when I reissue it. Because mm, okay. if, if you miss that white yeah. Jordan 4 drop, mm-hmm. they reissue it like a year later. Yeah. Mm. 10 years later. Yeah. Remember like Arachis were big when yeah. we were in school. Yeah. school yeah. But then even the oldest back then were saying, oh, Arachis were big back in the day. I had mm. these from like the 80s or the 90s. Mm-hmm. Or the, like, they were like talking. Like, but then Arachis then came back that again. Yeah. Like, I don't know when I was in uni, mm-hmm. yeah. and then they'll probably come back again. And they, mm-hmm. like, my son's wearing Arachis now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and so yeah. in a way, I remember there was a time at school that was the crap, that was it, and that yeah. was the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it went away, and then came back ten years later. Mm-hmm. And so again, I want to reissue drops. So like, there'll be a time where like once we've got like loads of content, I'll reissue different mm-hmm. drops, which will be like. Trap in, re, um, reissue, mm-hmm. staycation, reissue. I might even put the intent free on, on the drop. Sick. So what's the um, trapping about? What you can tell us without spoiling it, please. No, all right, cool. So trapping is about um, um, county lines. So it's about a kid. Mm-hmm. He's from ends. He, he's like, he's broke. His mm-hmm. brother's in jail. Like, you know, his mom's like not working. Mm-hmm. And he's like, starts harassing the holders, like to take him conch. Because that's the other story that's not told is like a lot of these young bucks, it's like when they talk about county lines, it's about the olders bully them to take to them country. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of these young bucks, they're like, no, I want to make peace. Yeah. You try so, to say that they, they full circle, right? I think you said this before. Said, yeah. Yeah, I got uh, you got attacked. Yeah. You got cancelled that yeah. day. I saw, I saw, and I was laughing. <laughs> I saw, and I was laughing because I was like. Actually, I've just made a film that says exactly this. And like yeah. people that are not from ends, yeah, and that didn't grow up within that context, they don't, they don't get it. Like if you didn't grow up on an estate, you don't know about the older that it's like there's this mm-hmm. older on my estate that comes up to me and says, oh my gosh, I hear, I hear you're selling sweets and chocolates in school. Like get yourself a pedal bike, meet me here tomorrow, yeah? And then I'll, like you're going to start selling some stuff for me. Luckily, my man got arrested. Like... And mm. or I could be in a shutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me. This I'm not telling you a story of like some random guy. Oh, this, this is you. This is me. This happened yeah. to me. But this older, like at that time, I can't like I want him to be my brethren. <laughs> mm. yeah. Cause me and him had a bit of passer before. So him offering me this is like right, brunch. Like this is yeah. gonna be my like mm-hmm. you, or like, you know, there's other youths on ends that are like, no, I just want I want peas now. Money, yeah. I'm on it. Like, like and harassing the old and the olders. I've seen olders say to like, man, like, nah, that's not your thing. Like, go, yeah, on, yeah, like, go and play football. Like, and and the youth like, college, no, man. yeah, please, please, man, please. Like, like, just go college, man. Leave me alone. I've yeah. seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. But if you're not from that context, 
you sit there and you like this listen to what Margs has said and you're like, grooming. like he's yeah, like, why judge. is you talking about grooming? Did it? Yeah. No, it's not literally like there's kids that are like, no, I want to do it. And that we wanted to tell a story of a character that that was active he, and then realizes that his active decision to do that could le- lead you down like to see stuff like you never even imagined yeah. that you would see basically. Mm. So that's what the story is. It's like that's takes an unfiltered look at drug dealing in a way that none of these other films have because usually a lot of the films do not humanise the drug users. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, say Top Boy, yeah, they shot in it. They're all mm-hmm. shotters. Yeah. They're all drug dealers, yeah? That's what it's kind of about. So, yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. When they sell the drugs, what happens? Exactly. So it's, it ends that's it. there with, yeah. It was only, it's actually only this season... That they explored a little bit of that, mm. but because of the proximity to one of the characters, I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. Friday is the deadline for people to watch it, so I can ruin it for them. But um, yeah, <laughs> so this was only this computer. season at the end. But yeah, but ultimately, but it is, it is that you know, if you yeah. usually a lot of these films, even it doesn't humanize the intent, they're right. robbers, yeah. they rob stuff, yeah. and then they mm. rob drugs, they rob whatever they're robbing, and mm. like we're mm. talking about drugs in this, like it doesn't you we talk about it in this economic way mm-hmm. like you get the transaction yeah. of selling drugs or stealing drugs or getting a consignment or all of that mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. we don't look at like actually the full rounded effects of it so i feel like this film does that a little bit more than any of the things that have been i think that's so sick you know because i because I, I think i've mentioned it before one of my um, modules at uni i studied sociology and politics was about um drugs and stuff but i really enjoyed it because it, again it humanized drug users for me so since then, since I've always I've looked at it with a different set of eyes, I think it's great for that to be shown on TV because not everyone's gonna go. And because study you're that. like, oh, it's a nitty, like oh, that's yeah, a nitty, yeah. like like, but that's a person. That's a person, man. That's a person, and like, what leads them? What led them to that yeah, situation? Yeah. So it explores that a little bit more, and also like you know, it looks at like this what it's like to go conch in a like an unapologetic way because again, this kid goes conch and it. Initially, he's like, yeah, man, like, I'm making four bills a week. Mm. But then the odors rob you. Like, just mad things happen. Obstacles. Mm. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> and, then, and then you're tra- trapping. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I need to watch it, though. Watch Did it. you write it? No, it was written by Dylan Doffus and a woman called Penny Walcock. Nice. I produced it. So okay. I just put yeah. it together. Nice, that's it. And what was the process? Like, how long is it? Was the process? Because you know, you said it was done two years before. When did you? When was it written? So I don't know when they wrote it. I got it after they'd written it, and okay. so they, so like they sent me scripts all the time. So Dylan and Penny, yeah, Penny made one day that Birmingham film where they're all rapping. Okay, have you seen it? No, it's one of my favorite films. People no. love that. You know, why do you love it so much? Everyone loves that film. One day is cold, man. I don't know. It's like, it's like why you love. A certain song when you was in uni or something like that. It's like there was a, there weren't a lot of UK films like that around at the time. Stuff that was done for us that was done good to a decent level. The worst part about it was that it was a musical. I suppose they didn't clock that until, <laughs> until, until I didn't know until the film started. But you're already in there. By then it was too late. You get me. But like the characters. I don't know. We just resonated with it. That, mm. At that point, especially in, in my area, I can't speak for London, but say like just my borough and that, yeah. When that dropped, that had everybody like yeah. just like referencing the film, talking in a um, Bob Brown accent. 
and like yo don where's my squilla don and just like I don't know. We just we just we just connected with it. We just resonated it. It weren't a London thing. It was out. It was out of the city. But then like it showed that like because obviously you got that London mentality. You don't even know what's going on. Saying right, the man, the man in my own brum like that. Like you know what I'm trying to say. Like it's all they're just like us. And I don't know. We just felt just felt connected to it. Like the music, just the, the energy of the show, the characters. It was just dope, but I don't know why. It was I watched it back the other day. It was making me laugh. I don't even think it's supposed to be a comedy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny. But yeah, no. So one, the um, Penny Walcock, she wrote, um, she wrote one day, and um, and directed it, and she'd been working with Dylan. Dylan invited her to the set of the Intent, and then from there, she'd been trying to send me scripts to produce them, help her put together, and then this was one of them. I just read it, and I was like, raw. It left me a bit disturbed. Like mm. I remember reading it and feeling a bit shocked. And I read scripts all the time yeah. and not a lot of scripts make me feel. Mm. And this script made me feel something on the page. I was like, oh, because of that, this has to get made. So then I, I called my business partner, Nikki. I was like, oh, we should make this film. He was like, oh, do we really want to make another street film? Because mm. we've, we've been known for doing that. I was like, you know what? This is slightly different. I think we should make it. I think it's really, um, I wish I didn't like it as much. Because yeah. at that point, if you look at like since the intent, We've done the evolution of black British music. We've done Against All Odds. We've done we've done Drunk History. We've done like just stuff that is not street. Mm. Just to show like, you know what I mean? There's like all these other things that we want to do as well and that we can do for TV and for online and so on and so forth. Mm. But then um, because the only other street thing that I wanted to do was the free and that was it. I was just mm. going to do that and just leave that mm. and be done with that and let other young people take over that space. Yeah. But then... um. When I got the script, I was like, "Now nah, we need to do it," and and that was that was why we did it, man. And and then that was in 2019, and then we started to raise the money, and then eventually in 2020, like during the pandemic, I was like, "You know what? We need to make a film." So the minute the government said you can shoot again, mm-hmm. I think it was November mm. 2020, I was like, "I want to shoot a film," and then by March 2021, we started shooting this. Do you, do you sometimes worry about um, promotion of your movies in terms of like, because I'm assuming in terms of like having like uh, billboards and things of that nature, and you know what I'm saying? Especially when someone's going into cinema. Mm. As everything's coming to your particular platform, is there like, I don't know, like some type of disconnect? You know what? What's mad? I, like I explored billboards, you know? Mm. I don't believe in them anymore. Mm. And it's not like we don't have budget for billboards. I yeah. was going to do billboards. Like, yeah. I have actually got billboards. So, like, I've got a couple of billboards up. Like, there's a company called JC Decor okay. that um, I, I worked with. Um, and they've got a couple of... I've got a billboard up at Old Street. And I've got one up mm. at... Um, I mean, South somewhere. Mm. Um, but the point is, I don't really... And then I looked at, like, you know, the cost... I was either going to spend like 15, 20K on billboards or I could spend 15, 20K on online advertising that's a little bit more targeted. I was going to say, yeah. And I think billboards for the look. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it's good. It's yeah. more aesthetics. Yeah, I think, I think people think things are big because of bill, billboards. Yeah. You're just living in the past. Mm. Because actually, it's like people that think TV is better than online space. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's it's get with the times. Like TV has yeah. got prestige, billboards have prestige, mm. 
but are they fit? Are they effective? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they are. Yeah. And so, in a way, like, do I worry about advertising? No, like, you know, with this, I'm responsible for the advertising. I'm deciding what the budgets are, yeah. and I'm deciding what we spend money on. Mm-hmm. And there's, I've had several conversations with my team where I've got the cost of like doing this amount of billboards and blah blah blah. And we've always like gone back and forth. Actually. Does it translate to sales? It's probably yeah. better to mix the two, man. Yeah. In this day and age, you get me? Because it's even like it's like the internet space, the online space is, is, is massive, but TV's got the prestige, like mm-hmm. what you said in it. Like for someone that's in this space, if you can get on TV, mm-hmm. it still does what it does for you. You get what I'm trying to say? And the billboards, we still look at the billboards the same way, innit? But rather than, say, like running a campaign and having a billboard up in the spot for weeks and, and whatnot, 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 that's probably not going to translate better than the online done online yeah, campaign but what you can do is pull it up for one day rather than have the campaign have it, have it sitting there for weeks you can go and get a sort after spot or a spot that means something to you or a dope spot so you could pull it up for one day you could take your picture in front of it yeah and then go online put that online, and, put that online and do your post and mm-hmm. your no, celebration post and then that will translate that set that, that will translate more that stretch more online because everybody repost it and comment bro. on it and hear for you because when they see that billboard they still feel the same way it still exactly. holds that yeah. the, um, still holds sentiment that, that it yeah, does yeah. Say, it's still got that prestige to it you get me yeah so and just and find and a way to blend it that, that's the problem i have right the problem i have is like are we in a status game in terms of business are we doing this for status and looks are we doing this like for business? You gotta do as, you gotta like, mix you have it. to do both. And I agree with you. And so the problem I always have as a business owner and as someone that markets mm-hmm. products, like as a marketeer, mm-hmm. like what is more prestigious? Like yesterday, like I said, I did a premiere, but it wasn't a premiere, it was like a music, mm-hmm. like Abra performed for 15 minutes. We showed the film, cut the film, Abra performed again, showed mm-hmm. that it would have costed me the same as putting it in a cinema. But I wanted like, like you know, the energy of Make a thousand own, people yeah. in a room yeah. and all. And so I always have to balance like being innovative and doing what is expected mm-hmm. and what is a look mm-hmm. with trying something new. And you're right. It's like, it is a mix. We have to do a mix. Like, you know, in yeah. terms of these billboards, I've not had time, but I need to go down there, take these pictures and do all of that. And everyone, hey, you've got billboards. This but like, it. do you know what I mean? <laughs> you got that. Like, yeah. But I really think like, you know, the thing... The things we have to look at metrics, we have to look at information about the effectiveness of stuff. When the projects are not mine, mm-hmm. so like this is capped by what my budgets are and all of that stuff. And you know, I have to manage different elements of marketing. When the projects are not mine, mm-hmm. do I feel like they're always advertised well, marketed well? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. So you said about you mentioned earlier about um but I don't know if it was yeah. You mentioned earlier about um, with Abs and you felt like he would be good for the role. You don't know if he could act. Got him into audition. So you reached out to him. To yeah. Audition. So what happened was yeah, I had this script like I said in 2019 or something or 2018, 2019, yeah. and I was like, we have to get youths in it. This is like, it's county lines. We can't yeah. put me gets scorcher. <laughs> we need to like look for some yeah we need some of the young ones like you know we need something for the young ones and so then we were always going to use an unknown kid like or maybe like someone as the main kid okay or like maybe someone with a profile whatever but then there was this character there's not that many characters in a film in itself but it was this one character and I was like, oh, you know, we should make that character like one of these young rappers. 
My sister's a music PR, like Abisola, big up. Um, she's a music PR. And she um, she was like, I was talking to her one day and I was like, you know what, I want one of these young rappers like to like, to see like, also you could tell the ones that could potentially act. I've been in the business for a while, yeah. Okay. Abra wasn't necessarily one of them that mm. I thought could potentially act. But I was like, oh, what about this one? What about that one? What about that one? What about... She was like, oh, maybe, baby. She was like, oh, do, like, what do you think about Abra? I just worked, I just did some PR for him and his team. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, do you know, what? I love his music. I think he's dope. I think he's one of the best rappers, like, in terms of his generation in the UK. Let me um, um set up a meeting. She's like, oh, do you know, what? I'll connect you to his management. Mm -hmm. So I spoke to his management. His management was like, oh my gosh, like, sick. Like, we've wanted to, like, We've been exploring acting opportunities for him sick. because, like, he really wants to do other stuff outside of music. Mm. Weirdly, he always say it all the time. I don't even love music; it's just my way out. I'm like, but how could you be so good? Imagine you loved it. Yeah. Imagine you loved it. Like you could be so. Like mm. how could you be so good and not? And you're just doing it. Yeah. Just doing it. <laughs> That's sick, though. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like you know, and um, and so then I met him. And then we sent him the script mm. and then we met him again. We went through the script together. I was like, all right, he's actually quite good. He's got mm. the presence. Did it again. Did a reading with him and a bunch of the other cast again on point. Mm. And then we just like, like made the deal and then made it happen. Like, because um, really just because like I was talking to my sister about what I wanted to do and yeah. my vision. Like I said, I'm not scared to ask for help. I love that. And I'm not scared to ask for opinions mm. like, from my family because actually people can ask me anything as well. Yeah. And if I can do it, I will do it. And so I approach people in the same way that I... Same I like, yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? And so in a way, really the only reason Abra is in the films because of my little sister. Big up mm. her. That's sick, man. I love that. Future plans. Yeah, man. Because I'm already excited from the stuff you already got going. So I know your brain must be doing some mad... Trampolining. I'm telling you. Bouncing. <laughs> Are you able to give us a glimpse at some of the amazing things? That you know what? Is, like, I want to keep developing the drop. I want to like make it a, a credible platform. Yeah. And the only way to make it credible is to keep putting content on there and to keep developing it and mm -hmm. keep investing in the advertising and like all of that stuff and like making sure it's in people's faces mm -hmm. and people understand this new language of this platform and the drop and all of that stuff and so that's important to me so like firstly like you know i'd like everyone pre-order the film it's yeah. on the drop dot movie um buy it it'll be available to watch on friday like you know share it with your friends yeah. it's important is that like even if you talk i know marx doesn't believe in one person influencing like the culture but like, even if you tell one person and they tell one person yeah, that's so enough that's for it. me yeah. like do you know what i mean <laughs> but like outside of that like you know um i think um for me i've got um drunk history black stories coming out yes. on the 16th of october I'm almost like a month yeah. Almost like a month away, away from yeah. like the when when um trapping comes out and um that's you know that's a from project I love it because it's like you know we're telling the story of like I said Fumilai Ransom Kuti yeah. uh, there's a woman called Jocelyn Elders mm. we're um we're talking about um the crown jewels a little yeah. bit like just just different things you know yeah. that are you know important to black culture yeah. and that was really exciting to me i really wanted to get marvin in that and so i was and yeah. marvin and tolly i thought it was a random lineup like yeah. i was like because i was like i've never seen them two together doing something mm. and so like i called i called someone i was like 
Do they talk? Like, <laughs> are they cool? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then they were like, no, they're cool, man. So, like, it was nice to put them together. Like, yeah, they're like yeah. telling the story of yeah. someone together. That was really fun. Yeah. And then, um, what, so that's happening. And I've got US projects. So, like, okay. I'll be directing a bunch of projects in the States. Nice. I've got one, once the strike, there's strikes in America at the moment yeah. for mm-hmm. actors mm-hmm. and writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God willing, once that's over, I'll be going out over to America to create out there. And um and that's I've got a three year visa, mm. um to work visa so I can yes. go out there and work for like the next well, they're eating into my years. <laughs> with this say, but like, I think you got left in yeah, the visa. Yeah, in it. So like, I could go to America and work out there, which yeah. is really important to me because I feel like when I talk to the industry, yeah. i.e. the mainstream, i.e. like the powers that be, i.e. in England mainly white people, mm-hmm. it's like I'm speaking alien language mm. Mm. when i talk to the mainstream in america they get it they get it yeah. and they have been getting it like and i've been having meetings for the past two years and a half like with americans and stuff about what my vision is what projects i want to make and all of that stuff mm-hmm. and now like god willing it's about to happen Amen. and so like that's coming up and then um i, I want to do the intent free because people like oh yeah this is cool but where's the intent free like yeah. people like the comments, the DMs, like, oh, trapping, oh, it looks like, good. Congratulations, yeah, but... yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, and so in a way, like, I've ri- like the script is done. Actually, mm-hmm. we just need to like package it and like raise the money, do the budget, yeah. and like get the film made. And everyone's a lot more expensive now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the same Krypton Conan. It's not mm-hmm. the same Popcorn. It's, it, yeah. it's not the same Gets. It's not the same Fecky. Yeah. Like everyone's mm-hmm. like, like, you know, yeah. And so in a way, we need to do a bigger raise. And then um, Staycation is our next film that is going to go on the drop. And then what else am I doing? I'm always going to do this. Yeah. Mm. I'm always going to write. I'm always going to direct. I'm always going to produce. I'm always going to like, you know, act sometimes. Mm. Like, you know, we like me and Nikki, my business partner, we own like, we're part owners of the London Lions, mm. the basketball team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always going to be entrepreneurial. Yeah, like, I'm always, yeah. because I was a kid selling chocolates and sweets in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm still going to be... you wanted to be rich? Yeah, and I wanted mm-hmm. to be rich. And like, I'm always, but what I'm always going to do is work hard mm-hmm. to bring my visions to life. Like, okay. you know, like I said, the premiere, I imagined it. Mm-hmm. I saw it. And it was, if the people didn't ring the doors, it was almost be the vibe 100% be. what I wanted it to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I love like coming up with random ideas and mm. seeing them come to life. And yeah. and that's what I'm going to carry on doing till I die. Sick, love man. that, love that. We did um, mention it very briefly. So obviously there's a lot of criticism in the UK film industry mm. when films come out and the storyline is about drugs and it's about, you know, selling drugs and gangs and all that kind of stuff. What is your opinion of all of that? You know what? I talk opinions. long. I talk long, so I try to give you a short answer to this one, yeah? Because I've given answers to this lots of times. Yeah. If you don't like gangster rap, don't listen to it. There you have it. If you, if you want to see... And people in the UK like to pretend mm. that non-black things are always about drugs. It's it, not, you know. It's not. Ajani, you had him here. Exactly. Yeah, Go and watch black. it. Go and watch, watch Jimmy Was exactly. Black. No, yeah. but even this year we had Peckham, was it Peckham Ride this year? Was that yeah, this year? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, Ryan right Lane. Ryan Lane, not Peckham Ride. You're calling Peckham Ride. I'm decoding Peckham Ride. But like, Ryan Lane, I mean, there's loads of, like, there's loads of films and TV series about the black British experience. Like, 
There's a show called Black Ops. It was on BBC One. Oh my gosh, Michaela Cole. Like, chewing gum. Chewing gum. Like, Enterprise. No, but you're even well. going back. I'm talking Black Ops. These shows are now. Yeah. They came out in the past six months. Yeah. Their show's out. Like, we, like, we need to do... Black people need to stop being lazy mm-hmm. and, like, complaining about... Literally, if you listen to Drill... And you're like, why is Joe not about love? Why are you listening? It's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah, listen to yeah. R and B. You listen to the wrong genre. Yeah, yeah. like do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's like there's a jump, like these films fall within a genre. I can go on and like justify myself. I did that in my tweet to your guy that was trying to troll no, me it's online. Not our guy. Don't do that. No, no, it was your guy. <laughs> it was attached to your podcast. It was your guy. It was your guy. See what people do to our podcast. No, 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 I did it. Like, I did it. We are working hard. No, he got me here. Though. He drew me out. He drew me out. He got me here promptly. Big up him. Yeah, big up him. But like the thing is, like I can keep arguing and justifying what I do. Yeah. I make a plethora of projects mm-hmm. about different subject matters. Same That's thing. for me, right? But outside of that, I think people need to work harder to mm. find the type of content they're looking for because, because they might find it already exists, but they're just not supporting it because they're fixated on the thing that they, they don't, don't like. like. Yeah. And I, do you know what yeah. I always feel like sometimes, well, things like that, it's a slap in the face to the people who are working hard to push their things as well. Yeah. It's like you're saying that their thing isn't good enough or... Like, do you mean like you're spending mm-hmm. so much time hating on this one thing you don't like, mm-hmm. but what you say you want exists no it but exists. you're not showing any love to it no it exists yeah. like dreaming whilst black is really real it exists yeah. black ops is exists there's so many shows yeah. that exist that are made by black people that are made to the highest level mm. on the bbc on itv yeah. like but black people are not pre in it because they mm. want to say oh femi is made trapping and then like do you know yeah. like and also actually trapping the film it's not even what you think it is it's not mm. it's the least glorification mm. of Selling drugs and gang life, mm. you'll ever see in your life. Mm. <laughs> but you have to watch Sorry. it to see. But it, if yeah. you don't want to watch it and it disgusts you, mm. and the imagery and, and the trailer and everything makes you yeah. feel passionately against it, mm-hmm. then a Johnny Simmons, my brethren, he was at my screening yesterday. Mm. Go and watch Dreaming Whilst Black. Mm. A Kemji is my brethren. Mm. He made Black Ops, he was one of the execs and the writers on that show. Go and watch Black Ops, and that's on BBC. They're both on BBC iPlayer right now, yeah. and I, I'm saying like I'm, I, I'm begging you to go and to watch, watch it because yeah. these are my yeah. brethren's. Because yeah. like, I want them to win too. Yeah. And like you said, the quality is high. They're this good is quality shows. I love Dreaming Whilst Black. Uh, listen, iconic. I was thinking about the auntie the other day. It was a good show. I hope she's having a great you. day. I'm telling you, like good yeah, quality good shows, show. and quality and I'm saying these two because like they're the ones that are coming to my mind right now. But there's, a lot, but there's yeah. a lot more, like you know, Rye Lane, Nathan Bryan. That's my brethren. Mm. Go and watch Rye Lane. It's yes. on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a there's no like crazy stakes in that mm-hmm. where like yeah. no one gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. so, like, go and watch it. Go like, and, and I recommend it, and yeah. I recommend all these things mm. because actually, these are my peers, and I want them to be successful. Mm-hmm. And also, and I could, like I said, I can promote stuff that I've got coming. I can promote stuff that I've made mm. that sit outside of this genre. Yeah. But if you really love me, mm-hmm. if you really rate me, you will, you would know already. Mm. But you don't. You want to be angered. You want to be outraged. It's what's what's the Chris Rock thing? Selective outrage. Oh, selective mm. outrage, yeah, yeah. 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 That's my answer. Great answer. <laughs> Great answer. Well, no, we really had an amazing time speaking yeah, to you. I hope you have too. 
I've loved it, you know. Like I, I can't believe we're still in morning. It's still, it's still morning, babe. It's still, it's still morning. I mean, we nearly get to afternoons. No, <laughs> morning, morning we'll, we'll is long. Too soon. Listen, but we do have a question that we. Oh, listen, questions. my business partner said mention kids movie. Femi, mention we've got a kids movie coming. Love How it. did you forget that, man? We've got a kids movie. We've got like a kids. No, no, big up Nikki. He's tuned in. He's like Femi. Why are you not mentioning the kids movie? <laughs> <Isn't it> one <laughs> job. <laughs> like, like, you know what? Those, 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 those. Why is he not here? Yeah. Do you oh, know what? Do you know what? Question. I'll be real. Yeah. He would have not got here on time. Mm. I, I know I'm saying that to <laughs> diss him. I'm not saying that to diss him. Like, but. He's going to be annoyed. He's like, why would you say that about me? But, like, <laughs> facts well, and facts. All I did was send you a reminder. Look, you know? Facts and facts. But like, why is Nicky not here? He would love to come here. I'm sure he'll, yeah. he'll come back. Like, nice. He'll arrange it. But like, um, I didn't actually mention it to him. Am I a snake? Uh, yeah, because you you didn't mention it to him. Then you're here telling, to, telling us about his bad time management. <laughs> no, no. I, I definitely what? didn't mention it to him because I... I'm doing a lot at the moment and I'm yeah, just going yeah. in autopilot. And like, yeah. even though me and him talk all the time, clearly, yeah. like, he doesn't, Um, sometimes we just forget to say forget stuff things, to each yeah. other. And yeah. so, yeah, so I, I'm not, it's my bad that he's not here. It's all right. Nikki, we'll be expecting you. Thank you very much. Um, So we do have two questions we ask our guests. Oh my the God. The first, scary. Right. No, no, no. You, you were fine for the one for I mean, you I do remember Simba. <laughs> 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 no, no, you be fine. You got this. So firstly is, um, Tell us something nobody knows about you. It could be anything. It could be as deep, as light, whatever it could be. And then also your biggest life lesson. Share a biggest life lesson with us. I talk a lot, so like people know a lot about me. Um, like a hobby you have? Is there an experience you've had with something? Something funny that happened to you in your childhood? Or, yeah, it could be anything. All right, I'll tell you something. Mm -hmm. A story, quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I moved to England, yeah, yeah, my dad died when I was one. My mum got married to a guy that lived in England. He's my stepdad. Okay. And this is how I ended up in the UK, mm -hmm. right? And so when I moved to England, my stepdad, whenever I got in trouble, mm -hmm. always used to say, before I moved to England, I'd only ever met him once. Mm -hmm. And he always used to say, when I first met you, you were barefoot. Yeah. Screaming. And now you're rude, like you're in England having this attitude and you're in trouble and all of that stuff. Yeah. Wings. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that used to bad me up. I don't remember heaven ever not having shoes. <laughs> and I used to think, I don't ever, like maybe I was, you know, when trauma and you forget. No, but like, sorry, respectfully though, I've got. No, ask, I'm like, why is uncle he from? Oh, he's Nigerian. I'm like, why is uncle, like, like saying this about like, me do you get what i'm saying and obviously my stepdad's my dad's dad and my sister's dad so like mm -hmm. like you know like mm -hmm. obviously i would always have to talk with a pinch of salt because that was her dad right yeah and, but i used to hate <laughs> that this man every time i got Just in trouble this. used to say when I, because mainly because i don't think it was true <laughs> <laughs> do you get what i'm saying you know like if it was true like like but i don't remember in my life ever not having shoes mm -hmm. yeah because like I said, my mum, like not even like I was talking about my pet, my mum always made sure I had everything I needed. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so when this man told that story, I always wanted to punch him. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. So that, that's something I've never spoken about publicly. <laughs> like I hate that this man, maybe I didn't, like I said, maybe I didn't have shoes. Mm. 
But I don't remember don't not having shoes. But this uncle always used to say, when I first met you, you didn't have no shoes. You were just walking around your, your grandparents' town barefoot. Mm. <laughs> That's why. And if I was barefoot, I've come a long way. You have come a long way. You have come a long way. And your biggest life lesson? Um, just be humble, man. Mm. That's it. Like, you know, just be humble. Um, I've seen... I have been arrogant in my life. Like, you know, I've been probably rude to people in my life and I'm sure people have stories of that. But I just think, you know, like the biggest thing is like to treat people well and just be yeah. humble and like, you know, it gets you far. Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounded Birmingham then. <laughs> it did. I did wonder what, what, that, what happened there. It sounded Birmingham. It's because it's like still morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, funny. Bueno, thank you so much, guys. Check out um check out check out trapping on the drop dot movie. Yes. Share it, do all that great stuff. And thank you. Can you let them know what your Instagram is? Instagram it's just name. my name, which maybe I should have just changed it to Femio years ago. So it's like, should I do, how do you want me to do it? Just say my name. Yes. Yeah. Say my names. It's just my name, but you can see it on the screen. Femio Yaniran at I'm that on every in every social, social media, media platform. Yeah. And um, yeah, That's why so it's easy to at you about things, see, because it's just your name. It's what, mm. like, you ain't got search, fam. My name's hard to spell though. That brother was <laughs> on to me, like, it wasn't, it's not like, you, you know, like, my name's it's not at Mooney. Do <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? It's hard to spell. This guy went and he found said, me. Yeah, he said, Yeah, look, look at Femi, look at Femi. He's mm. make he's profiting from black trauma. Kid, mm. uh, yeah, that's what. Well, well, it's been a lovely interview. Thank you very much for joining us. No, it's us. been good chatting to you, lot, man. I've enjoyed it. it. Lovely. All right, should we do our last headlines for today? Let's do it. All right, guys. So our last headline, um, a coroner has come out and basically concluded, right, that a woman who died after traveling to Turkey for basically a BBL, right, was not given enough information to make a safe decision about the procedure. So Melissa Kerr, unfortunately at 31, from Norfolk, travelled to the private Medicana Hasneda uh, Hospital in Istanbul for a procedure in 2019. The inquest took place in Norwich, and they basically heard that um, she was, sorry, they heard that Kerr, who was self-conscious about her appearance, was given only limited information regarding the risks and mortality rate associated with the operation. She died at the hospital on the day of the surgery, which involves fat taken from elsewhere in the body being injected into the buttocks. The coroner concluded that Kerr died after injected fat into the vein before moving and blocking her pulmonary artery. Um, yeah, it's very sad news, man. Um, the next headline is, oh, I wish I put the, <laughs> the, the link here for this, right? But basically, a sinkhole, right, the size of a car has opened up in a street in southeast London. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. The hole, which takes up almost an entire lane of the road and runs alongside the curb next to a post box, emerged on Monday morning on Dunvegan um, Road in, in, in Eltham. The area around the hole has been cordoned off after locals initially used wheelie bins to prevent an accident. Andrew Hudson, who posted a photo of the hole on Facebook, told people to be vigilant and warned of a slow post, of, yeah, of a slow post over the next uh, few days. He said next to Mayday Cards Cab, Aware, be be careful. Basically, I feel sorry for anyone that's posted important letters in the post box there, because they're not being collected anytime soon. Greenwich Council has said that they're investigating the cause of the sinkhole and planning corrective measures as well. 
And yeah, yeah, Brent's put a picture on, on the screen. Terrible, imagine. Fucking hell. Yeah, man. It might have been all the black people that were stomping in, in, in Peckham, man, to get work done. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, what is this? <laughs> a sinkhole. It, literally, the floor just collapsed. On the road? On the road, yeah. Wow. Just collapsed. Yeah, man. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for the headlines, guys. It's time to pay the bills. And it's also time to get into the reaction. Oh my god, where's it gone? Welcome to the reaction, people. Our sports segment. Obviously, the big game yesterday, England versus Scotland. Did you watch it, Brent? No. Well, to be fair, you did say you wasn't going to watch it. I said I was going to. And then you then I like, questioned you further, and you was like, "No, I'm not." Oh, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Did he watch it, E Man? No. No, I didn't, you know. Yeah, I, I said I was gonna go to Kalechi stuff. That's why, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, for real. Come on, man. This is this is reverse racism, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, England versus Scotland yesterday. So England eased to a three one victory at Hamden Park as Scotland failed um to hit the form that has taken them to the brink of Euro um 2024 qualification. There was an air of anticipation as the rivals met in a friendly to commemorate the 150th anniversary of the first meeting, but Scotland were a shadow of the team that had impressed in their last five matches as England took control. Phil Foden diverted Carl Walker's cross into the net with Jude Bellingham firing a second before the break after Andrew Robertson's error. Harry Maguire's own goal gave Scotland some belief in the second half, but Harry Kane's lovely finish from a sublime Bellingham assist Wrapped up the win for Gareth Southgate's side. Bellingham was too cold yesterday. Serious? Yeah, he's just dope, man. Nice, Put nice. a little masterclass, man. He's just doing his, just doing his thing. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Maguire's still going for it. When that on goal went in, I was like, ah, oh, this guy can't catch a break. That guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just needs to like go. He needs to rebuild his career. So he can't even leave nowhere, go nowhere no more. I don't. It's it's so tough. Like it's so tough. It's getting to the point where it's like. You gotta start feeling sorry for the guy now, man. Nah, he he needs a break, man. What, just a break from the game, social media. No, he needs. He, do you know what the point is? He should have left United. He was being greedy. He should have gone West Ham. He would have been all right. He would have been all right at West Ham because with the, the tactics with, they play and with the window that they've had. Yeah. He, if you add Harry Maguire to everything that they got over there, you take West Ham. Yeah, you exactly. look at West Ham pretty seriously, man. Exactly. But the man wanted to stay at Man U on big money. And so at the end of the day, like he, he needs to like just face the flack that comes with the big money, and he should. There's no way he should be playing for England. I mean, he what's should behind be him? No, Way Tomore, Kov. You know what it is with the form he's been on because he hasn't played a lot in it. Yeah, so I get I get why you say he shouldn't be, but I'm still of the belief that he's. No, but he's England. One, he's, he's, he's he's one of the best. He should be starting centre back. He's no, one of the best centre, English centre backs. It should be based on him form. and Stones. Should be based on form, not like playing for England. Playing for your team, fair enough. Like, but playing for England should be, should be based on form. Shouldn't be based on oh, you were good fight three years ago. Or you got the most caps. No, but it's because the gaffer goes with what he can trust. And to be fair to him. His best performances in recent history have been in the England. Do you know why? Because John ma Stones major tournaments. Because John Stones makes him look good. Is that what you're screaming? Yeah, that's what I'm screaming. <laughs> okay. 
Poor Harry. Listen, man. Harry Maguire was making me think Lindelof was a rubbish defender. That's true. Lindelof's decent, man. <laughs> Lindelof's decent. Lindelof's all right, man. Good the backup. minute he stops playing with my man, you can see him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like John Stone is so good. That's what we need to talk about a little bit more is how levels John Stone is. I don't think Maguire is a bad... I actually think... I, I've always maintained this. I actually you think, think he should start for England? I just think Maguire is a, a good defender. He's I just think in a he bad, is. He's in a bad place. It's, not, it's never going to work for him at United. Mm. And it's going to be... Yeah, maybe you need to do Harry Kane and go to Germany or something. It's going to be tough over here because the social media and the, yeah. and the reputation is going to follow him and the narrative is going to follow him wherever he goes. You know what? He he missed the trick. West Ham would have been good for him, man. West Ham would have been good for him. West Ham, I West Ham would have been good for him. The pressure would have been off. Because the pressure would have been off. You would have been battling for top six. You, you would still, still make your England, England team. Because yeah. Rice was getting into England yeah. and West Ham. You get you me? You still make England. So it was greed, man. The guy's greedy, man. He should suffer for his greed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. And... And then our last headline, Spain's Jenny Hermoso files legal complaint over Luis Robiales, Rubiales' kiss after um, Women's World Cup final. Have you seen that yeah, stuff that, going around where well, she, she was like, where she seemed all, not happy, but it was on the coach, right? Making yeah, jokes and things. There's a video, all, isn't it, that he put out? Or ju jubilant and jovial and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does it matter? <laughs> well, no, you could wake up the next day and be like, raw, like my man lips me. Mm. That's true. Yeah. You're allowed to do feel that. You're allowed to like. <laughs> you're like. You know. Sometimes. How many times have you woke up the next day? At the time you felt lit, and then the next day you're like, Nah, rah, that was a violation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you, when you, when it, when it, when it sinks. Because you're in. like, Rah, did my man just violate me? But no, after you didn't clock that you got mugged at the time. Yeah. When you're stewing in it, you're sitting in it, and you're and you're running through, it and you're thinking, One second. Man, yeah. Me. Yeah. That's what I think. That even if she was laughing on the coach, it doesn't mean. That mm. she was, she's not allowed to after be like, no, nah, that doesn't look good, you know. It's mad. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Well, she has um, filed a complaint. This is this is a bit of a, a older thing here because remember we got the um, updated one where he's retired. No, resigned now, isn't it? Oh, I didn't even read. It. I thought you was giving me more stuff. Oh, so we've done this. Yeah, yeah we've done that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's cool. Okay then. Well, that's the end of our reaction. Let's get into Donna here. Sent me the video because you were gonna put the Mexican government in down on here. No, was I that just was said, just for my pleasure. That was literally just for your personal pleasure. I knew about that though, man. Did he? As soon as it dropped, I'm like, whoa, this is Mexican Congress now, you know. Don't that look like clay pigeons? Not clay things, like um, clay molds. They would have done their due diligence before they put them them um, images out. You're it's, saying they're it's real? Congress. It's, it's Mexico. What does that mean? <laughs> Bruh. You're saying it's not as legit as US Congress? Well, US Congress is probably equally as corrupt, but outwards facing. And I wait, where's, where's, um. So you think they would put paper mache models in coffins and parade it in front of the Mexican Congress? That's what you think they would do? I don't know. I and don't... then put it to the world so that they are laughing um, stock? I ain't got nothing against. Mexico, but the narrative of the, what they put out there, I don't know how, I don't know what the integrity of their Congress is saying. Let me, let me give some context to this. Yeah, example. Zach, I was about to ask you. All right, this is what Mags has sent me, right? I think I've converted him now, to be honest. This is for terrestre. Mexican speakers. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. So this is Mexican Congress. Mm. And they've um they covered these two boxes and they're two alien alleged alien bodies. See, this looks like the depiction of aliens, like this is our mindset. Los análisis de carbono 14, estos seres tienen alrededor de mil años de antigüedad, es decir, so no se trata de seres body. que fueron recuperados, estrellamientos, sino son seres que estaban sepultados en minas de diatomea. Brother, de is diatomea. this real, bro? Diatomea this could be done here, you know. <laughs> this wasn't, this wasn't, <laughs> wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't the plan at all, but now we're here. We can have a conversation about it. Is th what is this? This is Congress, man. How am I supposed to feel about this? Like, I, what am I supposed to do with that? And I, I told you the importance of the David Grush in US Congress would have knock-on effects. These are the knock-on effects we're talking about. Disclosure's mm. coming. Everybody in now has to basically show what they've got. But what they is be, this? They've been sitting this forever. Is, is this like a what? A fossil or something? It's an alien. Yeah, but like, it looks like um, stone, isn't it? Yeah. yeah crafted. Sure looks like it was crafted. So what we said, everyone's got secret aliens. Apparently. Apparently. Yep. You know, look at this thing, yeah? Because I'm a proper skeptical person. I'm a skeptic. Like, I don't... So, I, like, I think if we went into the vaults of all the nations, yeah, mm -hmm. and the secrets that these men have, there's going to be some wild stuff in there, isn't it? So, I'm not necessarily saying this is out of the realms of possibility, because I could see it. But... I, that that I don't know what that was. Why why do, also why do why do we care about anyway? Why do we care about aliens so much? Humans are so problematic, yeah, as they are. Mm. Go and tell me why it matters. Because you look you look. You're like, a filmmaker. Yeah. You create stories every single day. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to care about aliens? Do you know why? Because I still there's still lots of ideas that I don't understand about human beings. Yeah. And when it is you add another element to the mix now. Why what why do I need to? Why do I need to? They've they've now entered into our civilization. What we've got evidence of that. No, but if they do. Yeah, if, we have, we if, have, we have. Are they walking with us now? Yeah. Yes, they there's are. an alien in this room. Because I think no. that's I think no that's one. There's one up the road. <laughs> are they are they walking with us? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, I, I, mean. I don't even understand what's what's real. Mm. That's more poignant to me. Like saying like the existence of aliens and the proof of it and all that. You're saying like how important it is, and I get it. It can be. It, there's a lot there. God, obviously, unanswered questions, new questions, all these kind of things. Religion, like it, the, the whole scope's huge, isn't it? What mm. what it can affect. But it means more if you're telling me they're amongst us. They're yes. among us. They're in the community. Yes. They're the kind of things that yeah. mean something. Yeah. These, and obviously everybody's different, in it? So you have different scales. I think I'm on the end of the scale where it don't make a blind bit of difference to me. Because you just show me these, these old bodies and these... And fossils. These, these fossils, fossils and these fossils. and these spaceships and these... I, I, I need tangible things. Uh, so what you're saying is that if they weren't dead... It would mean more to you. Yes. All right. These are the ones that they're just showing. So it, it's not necessarily saying that every single alien that they have come in contact with is dead. Is dead. These are the ones they've been collected. And I'm sure it would have been downed in Mexican territory. Hence them having it. Now, with the David Grush interview, um, Femi, I'm not sure if it is it you knew like three or four weeks ago. 
a guy called David Grush, um, was sat in front of Congress, U.S. Congress, uh, around I think hundred and something odd congressmen and women, and they just had a barrage of questions levied towards him, and he's just answering, 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 and um, a lot of his claims were gathered from um, servicemen and women active, whether they're in the Navy, whether it is that they're in the, um, the Air Force, this and next, and they're, they're reporting all of these sightings. And this is happening every single day when it is they go out and um, uh, do drills and whatnot. Uh, a couple of the sightings went over nuclear war plants and they engaged the warheads, these UFOs, right? And then as soon as it is that um, it engaged, they then they disengaged it and then whoosh, went shot off, right? This is this is dangerous for the world if it is that you can just engage these nuclear heads without any human interaction whatsoever. Now, what he was saying... What if that's like some next thing from Russia? No, this is it. So what he's saying yeah. is it could <laughs> that be. That they don't know. He's mm. saying it could be, but we need to find out what it, it is. is. Because if it's Russian... And yeah. you've messed up our nuclear warheads. Uh-huh. What can you do at any point in time? But what is that? That what if it's from China? What it if it could be? But that's the problem. Do you, what do you know what's weird? Yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I believe in heaven, and I believe in all of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I weirdly don't believe in aliens. <laughs> no, but this is the it's thing. This is, this is the it's thing. Do you know what word that is? It's connected. That, no, but this is the thing. It is connected. Mm. And I, that, but you know how crazy it is that. Every time someone says something about aliens, mm-hmm. I always try to think of the most rational thing. Like when you show me them pictures, I'm like, that's fossils. That's just an old mm-hmm. dead body. Yeah, yeah. I could, I, I, my head could not allow me to even mm-hmm. believe that. But if you saw like a living that. thing, like in, in your face that you can't deny. This is clearly extraterrestrial. Does it make you question heaven and God? Not really, because God could have made them too. See, this is the discussion we were having like about a month ago, isn't it? Yes. Because the thing is, though, if your mind is not allowing you to 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 conceive these these things being real, right? Because maybe it's in line with your religious beliefs, right? Doesn't that shatter that? No, Doesn't I don't think. It? I don't think. Do you know what? I'm I'm not saying my religion stops okay. me from believing. I'm saying I but God to some people is not real. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you get okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. And the concept I'm, of no God sighting. to some people yeah. is the same no as aliens of, to you. Yeah. There's no yeah. sighting of God, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, but I'm like, I believe yeah, in God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, to some mm-hmm. people, like, when I talk to my really, really clever friends that I went uni with, mm. and they like, when I say to them, I go to church, they're like almost sniggering, because they're like, you're such a like, you're so gullible. Mm-hmm. You know that's stupid. Like, you mm-hmm. know. Like I can see my brethren like 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 are proper intellectuals. They're like, you're proper dumb. How could you believe in God? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Like they, the way they interact with me and like my faith, yeah. But then at the same time, with aliens, is I don't think there's a world where God exists that aliens can't exist. Mm-hmm. I also don't believe there's a world where like like even I believe that God made if there's Big Bang is true then maybe God made the Big Bang there needs to be a cause for everything right and so like I'm not really I'm not saying science is inconsistent Mm -hmm. with faith like do you get what I'm saying I think actually in a way they kind of feed each other but in terms of aliens like what I think about aliens existing I've not seen enough real proof yeah I need to see bear them like Nigerians. You know, like there's Nigerians everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Go to the bottom Japan, of the ocean. Everywhere. Even today, I'm this day old, I can 
go and do some research and see some type of creature I've never seen before. Yeah. And I look at it and I'm saying, this doesn't exist. This ain't a real thing. And then you go and you Google and it. it is. And this is the realest thing. And this is what... It's, it's a thing. No, but Margs, this is where I'm at. With, like, this is what my point exactly is. Like, there's so much in the world mm. that we still don't know. Yeah. yeah. That why do we think we have the capacity to, do to it, know yeah. stuff that's not even in our world? Because we're so arrogant, man. Human, human beings or... Well, yeah, aliens aren't humans, are they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, humans. We're very arrogant. Like we feel like we know everything. Da, 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 but I feel like there's so much more we do not know. Yeah, well, not, I, I do think if aliens existed, they must come from the ocean because they're no. ugly looking. <laughs> and we think so. we know. God could have made like. God could have made aliens if they because, like yeah. I said, go to the bottom of the sea. Mm. And also, if that's place. in his if that's in his heart. Yeah. We've not got like, <laughs> Yeah. We've if not. That's, it is hard. If that's what, when he got up that day, that's what the spirit gave him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anything's possible. Bro. Anything's possible. I know you're going to get your pasta back. <laughs> 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 yeah, he did the hand. Huh? He did the no, you've seen some of them things. <laughs> no, but we've so not. I tell people, not my God. Not <laughs> <laughs> my God that made it. I don't know who you subscribe to, but that weren't my God that did that. Yeah, because some things are, some creatures are, I couldn't see that. In real and life. also, we haven't, <laughs> couldn't see that. that we life. haven't ma mastered our own planet yet. Mm. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Maybe that's the fear, though. Maybe that's like, you know what? They're so powerful, they can move like nuclear warheads. Mm. They're so powerful, and they're more powerful. That's the idea around aliens, right? Is that they're more powerful than us, and that what if they have more knowledge than us? Like, yeah. what if they in every film the aliens have technology we've yeah, never we thought have, of yeah. before yeah. Yeah. in every film, right? But also, what if aliens are dumb? But how would they get to us, though? That's why they ain't here, yeah. No, nope. they are, or they're not here. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're not here, yeah. Are they not there? People seen them, man. Listen, guys. Wow, it's daytime. <laughs> Just defrosted. It's actually four minutes to afternoon. <laughs> I didn't realise it was so bright in there. But, uh, but, 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 but I, I think if aliens do exist, yeah, I, I'm open to it. I'm open mm. to it. But actually, I'm not as into it as everyone else because I, I'm like human beings are so interesting mm. and the world is so interesting and I've still not uncovered everything to do with Mm -hmm. those specimens yet that yeah. I can't even begin I'll leave the people that I've got a space and time it's like a it's like a you know in Nigeria it's like how does it feed me yeah you know like you know like, like it's like it's it, like it, why is this my concern why is the, it's not my business like yeah. I don't really like the people that have there's funding for that you know <laughs> the US government have funding <laughs> for that alien research that yeah that man it's yeah. not my office mm. Listen. when it's my office they'll let me know they'll say they've arrived they're gonna kill you. They're gonna this or that. Like aliens are gonna move next door to you. Like whatever, it, whatever it is, mm. I'm not gonna make the rules regarding aliens. We're gonna start mm. linking every, every, um, aliens. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, angels don't look as pretty as they are depicted. Oh yeah, they don't. So when you talk about not my god, God made them angels, quote unquote, hideous, you know. But bro, but, but, fearsome. but angels, Grassley. angels could also look like you though. They can change. They can, they can yeah. walk. Yeah. They I didn't think about aliens. Like, what if aliens could do that? Like, what? They, what if they can shapeshifters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, first date question. I got to asking guys on. Are you an alien? On first, are you an alien, sir? I mean, he was just lying, wasn't it? 
Of course. And then, and then, and then, when you get to the bedroom, you're like, "Raw, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> this is extraterrestrial." <laughs> Never seen this before. <laughs> I give birth to a yam. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't even know how that worked out. It's oh, crazy, man. man. It's, crazy, it's, crazy. it's all mad. So who was in then? It's tough, man. Um, maybe, maybe humans. <laughs> not, for, not believing in aliens. For believing in aliens. Oh, so Brent's yeah. in Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like Those NFTs, fighting words. Saying, wait and see. Okay, wait and wait see. And the thing is, it's really on the flipping mainstream anyway. You, you keep saying, oh, I have to wait and see this dynamic. That's fine. It's now in the US Congress, it's going to have a knock on effect. And as you can see right now, everybody is starting to talk about it. No, not everyone, because aliens are probably true, but um, Mexico could be done at here for bringing that paper mache alien into Congress. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No it's budget. Yeah, no budget. Man, that brand boy out. Paper mache. <laughs> what are we doing here? Mexico? You're down out here, man. Let's get into <laughs> 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 Who's talking about? That's why you can't go back. That's why Louis has been back twice. You can't go back once. I might go back this year. Let's be careful, child. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys have been liking the video. Please like the video, drop in your timeline, share it, do all that great stuff. Also, of course, big up our lovely guest, Femi Oyenera. And check out Trapping, which is out now. No, out on Friday. Mm-hmm. The drop dot movie. Let's they can buy it now, that. though. You can, oh, you can pre-order. Run your bread now. Run right, it now. Pre-order. There we go. <laughs> run it. This is it. So pre-order at the, the drop. This is the website, by the way, not at social media the drop dot movie um check it out let's support our people and follow us on our social media platforms as well the day after tnb on instagram twitter and tiktok and no that's not, not a house. call is that really cool brent good morning caller you just made oh, it you just about made it honey how are you you right good still good still good still speaking to you, please ah oh, that's, that's a bit hot still and a caller though <laughs> anonymous, anonymous. anonymous, okay, fair enough. What's on yeah, your mind? Yeah, yeah. What's up? On my mind. Yeah, okay, no, not nothing. on your mind. So that could be we could be here all day. <laughs> what? Why did you call it? So, yeah. so, why? Do you know what? I don't even know why I called, but I just thought, you know what? Pick up you lot on your show. Okay. I respect it. Appreciate that, man. So are you tuning every day? Yeah? yeah, yeah. What do you say? If I'm feeling no, do you tune in every day? Yeah. Every now and then, you know, when I can, then obviously okay. I'm on my lunch. You like the video today? Because I liked it like physically on the YouTube. Yes, yeah. baby. That's what's on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know he hasn't. Uh, <laughs> he questioned I'll my question. Thumbs up. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but in terms of luck, like, yeah, in general, yeah. But on the physical thumbs up, now nah, I haven't even liked it. So, one time I just watch things, you know, I don't even really press thumbs up, you know. It helps. You know the month. Yeah, it really yeah, it does yeah, help with yeah. the algorithm and all that kind of stuff and what it comes yeah, it comes up on yeah. other people's pages and stuff like that. So that's a great, a great way to support. So you see, if more time you just watch stuff, so you clearly don't like and subscribe and all that, which is cool, which is normal. You can digest it anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, what, 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 comp- what, what made you call in? What made you want to? Wanted to big us up. Interact. Yeah, but even you know watch it every day. Would have wanted to big us up. What was there? What was on your heart? No, 
No, no, no. Man just called in just to see what I've gone. You know, I just tuned in literally as soon as, um, like, not long after before this call, innit? I just tuned in and I thought, oh, let me try the number. I did. Are they actually still streaming? Because you know, like, YouTube streaming, but it's actually streaming live still, so I'm surprised still. <laughs> you know yeah, what? Big up you, man. Big up you, man. Big up you, and We need the most support That's we you. can get, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, man. Thank you for supporting us. We appreciate it. Have a blessed day. Yeah, I appreciate it. See you later. Esther, sorry to yes, cut sir. you, yeah. That's right. Because um, in the same type of spirit as this caller, yeah, mm-hmm. we did get a message during the show mm-hmm. um, to read out, if you don't mind, right? Jeez. And this person, this person said... Um, Don't say that too soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, this person said, hello, everyone at TDA. I hope everyone is blessed and highly favoured. Amen. Especially Esther. <laughs> Amen. I receive it. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm a TV camera operator who's okay. been working in the broadcast industry for almost a decade. Nice. Just a quick message to say that it gives me so much black boy joy Aww. to see the amazing work you guys are doing on the platform that is TDA slash TMB. Oh, TMB, the new black, right? Yes. For those who don't know. I still remember the episode of Meet Us After 7 where Brent announced TDA. Sick. For the longest time, I've hoped for something similar to the Breakfast Club in the UK for us, by us, and this has been it. I listen to you guys when it drops on Spotify every day. Y'all are definitely going to smash my 2023 Spotify wrap, wrap Yeah, Spotify wrap-up. <laughs> yeah, wrap-up um, come the end of the year. As much as I would really love to be part of the online community engaging on the stream mm-hmm. due to the random shifts of work in TV and also not being an early lark, I'm usually not online when you guys are live. Anyways, all that to say that I'm really inspired by General Brent's message in the last episode touching on making a huge impact in the media space. I recently joined the Black Leaders in TV Network, which is an existing um, community of senior black leaders in the TV industry positively trying to change the experiences of our people in TV Mm -hmm. slash content production. With the experiences I face in this industry, making a positive impact for the generation coming after me is something that's very close to my heart. And I would love to support you guys in any way that's possible. Please keep up the good work at TDA slash TMB and send in blessings to you all. Tony. Big up, Tony. That's Big so lovely. Tony. <laughs> what a lovely, wholesome message. Thank you, guys. We really do appreciate the community we're building, that you guys are... Y'all yeah. are lit. So mm-hmm. thank you very much. Big up, Tony. Um, if you want to send your dilemmas in and you, the number to call as well when we're live on air... The number is 075-6484-1073. If you would like to inquire about the show or you would like to feature on the show, our email address is thedayafter at thenewblack.com. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to go and pre-order Trapping. Mm-hmm. Follow us, so subscribe to our channel, like the video. Have a great Wednesday and we'll catch you guys tomorrow. Peace.